0: Hello you, hello there, it's Riot Act, the alternative music podcast, that's what you're listening to, episode 107, with me, Stephen Hill, and with him, he used to tell you the things he used to tell his guitar, <laughs> and now he tells them to me, it's Renfrey Dedman.
1: You've, you, yes, absolutely, that is my entire life, summed up in one sentence. Good. <laughs> how are you doing, Steve?
0: I'm alright, thanks mate, I am all bloody right, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Um, I, I said this last week, uh, I, I'm tired due to uh, lack of sleep and I'm tired again. So uh, whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> uh, Great. Hey. But other than I'm, that, I'm buzzing. I'm
0: feeling good. I'm feeling pretty chipper because I was just saying to you, I just, um, I actually went into London for the first time in five months I went to record shops. Mm, bought a I lot bought of some, stuff. I bought quite a lot of stuff, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, felt nice, felt nice and normal. I mean, apart from the mask that I was wearing, I've got this have I got my mask? And you know, I haven't. I've got a camouflage mask. Oh, like i mean, like Generation Terrorist era Manics. Do you mean camouflage? camouflage
1: do you mean camouflage, as in an army mask, or yeah, is yeah. It, or is it a mask of your chiselled face?
0: No, no, no. It's it's a yeah. Well, the 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 Manics and um, Generation Terrorist. Uh, sorry, not Generation Terrorist. The Holy you Bible the era Mannix. Mm. I do. I don't know why I said Generation Terrorist. It's because that's what I bought on vinyl. The twentieth anniversary of oh, uh, showing off Generation I am, yeah. Um and uh yeah anyway, I uh, I've got a sort of camo mask and it's sweaty and smelly. Um lovely. I've got hairy face. I've got a skull and breath.
1: Did I tell you this? I can't remember if I told you this. I've got a skull and crossbones mask, right? Have you? And very, very early on in the lockdown, like before it became like essential to wear them in uh in shops and stuff. Uh, I was wearing it. Oh, you
0: did say this. I think you might have even said this on the show before. Uh, right, some woman, uh, well, Yeah. Some,
1: I was, I do wearing, it anyway. I was wearing it. Do it anyway.
0: <laughs> For was, our new listeners.
1: <laughs> I was wearing it in a shop, and uh, a woman, yeah, said to me, "I think that's very inappropriate." And I was like, what, what do you mean? It's in, inappropriate, not inappropriate, inappropriate. Very inappropriate. I said, what do you mean it's inappropriate? And it's just, you know, because of the skull and crossbones mot- motif, she was referring to the fact that death and people are dying due to COVID. I was like, you're not wearing a fucking mask, you stupid cunt. So who's the inappropriate one here? And I stick by that. But there mm. you go. People are stupid, aren't they, Steve? And it's fucking annoying. We will be ex-
0: just going to how far? I think we reached the 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 peak of how stupid people are this week coming up on this week's show uh let's start with our broken records this week we will be ending the show with broken records getting freaky as we examine crunkcore for the first time ever on the show as we discuss broken sides debut album i'm not a fan but the kids like it we will really be going to Untouched territories as to how stupid people really can be with that. Um plus on the show we're going to be reviewing the latest albums from Bright Eyes, Blues Pills, Primitive Man, and I Like Trains. That is an actual band name. They've been around for a while. You might have heard of them before. They're new to me, maybe because that's not a great name. We'll talk about the name you later. You said this um, last time
1: we brought them up. You're like oh, it's a silly name. It's a silly it's name. A st-
0: terrible name. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible what's, name. What's your beef with trains? not a beef with trains it's just like Mm. pointing out that you like them i mean i think if you name your band if you if you name your band after your kind of strong positive feelings for something you more than like them surely i love trains or i adore trains would be better it's like you you're downplaying this mate you 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 don't like them you love them Mm
1: -hmm. you had a beef with space last week You've got a beef with trains this week. You claim you don't, but I it's think not about you do. trains. <laughs> it's not about not trains. trains. It it's like about you, the... It's like you to have a beef about things, isn't it, Steve?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's a joke, everyone, by Renfri. So I feel like we need to point them out um, more and more as days go on uh anyway yeah it's not a great name but um spoiler it's a fucking good album it's the Um, best album of the week
1: isn't it so you know spoiler yeah it's
0: definitely (laughs) the best album of the week we don't we don't Um, normally
1: do that do we but it's so comfortably the best shall we just so we just say it's comfortably the best album of the week and then fuck this off Because yeah (laughs) the whole fucking thing um (laughs) i'm quite tired
0: before before we do fuck it off just you know um (laughs) We should probably try and get some people to sign up for our Patreon page because that is there. Uh, Patreon page uh, is patreon.com forward slash podcast where you can sign up to our £5 a month. or It's actually $5 a month. It's not even £5. $5 a month tier, which gets you access to our classic album series podcasts. We should be having one of them coming along for you um, in a couple of days' time. If you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, it will probably be we don't know yet
1: <laughs> we are a bit <laughs> fucked with that actually i'm just gonna i i have no idea what we're doing and i apologize profusely if we don't release something on monday but we will absolutely make sure that we do um i have been well actually fuck it just very very quickly i've been very very busy working uh alongside arc tangent festival and as this mm-hmm. goes up um if you are interested in seeing even more of me not steve even more of me and my lovely face and my lovely blue eyes which almost all of the people who i interviewed said i had lovely blue eyes which uh made me feel very very good inside uh, i've done a whole bunch of interviews for uh atg tv which is their online coverage um did
0: of, you just have that background saying? that you've got what well, i'm looking at now mm-hmm. was that in the background yeah
1: yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah fucking hell you made absolutely no effort if you're nope. listening art Tanger, i will make the effort to at least like fucking comb well i'm not gonna comb my hair but, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but oh. i won't
0: just leave like my dressing gown hanging up in the background like uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah i've just left it in the background um i mean i, I, I well, it was a slightly different i'm using a different camera I, I, th- th- these are semantics which we don't need to go into um but uh <laughs> yes um so if you are interested in seeing that stuff well who did i interview arman colin from arman ra um car from mm-hmm. earth tone 9 uh blah, 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 alpha male tea party that was really good fun joe quayle uh guys from maybe she will um james spence from Roller to massey there's a bunch of that stuff up on there and there's some yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. this is about our patreon yeah our patreon page by the way so
1: sign up for our patreon page <laughs> but my point the reason i start to say that is because i've been doing i've been knee deep in that hmm. Uh, I was going to say balls deep, but it just felt inappropriate. I was knee deep in that. So um, uh, we haven't sorted anything out. Well, you
0: say that (laughs) I have been doing extensive research into Depeche mode. and So I would be more than ready to go with. So you might be getting a Depeche mode double if I was if I was a betting man. That's what my, my money would be on my Depeche Mode picks. Yeah. So it would be Music for the Masses and Violator.
1: Or we might redo Queens of the Stone Age. That's kind of. Or weird. we
0: might like redo there. Queens of Stone Age. So you're going to get one of them very, very soon. Yeah. If you've if you just listened to all that and gone, well, fuck it, I'll give them a quid, um, that's fair enough. <laughs> After <laughs> listening to that, I wouldn't even give me a quid, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but we've got loads of Rioters reviews. We just had a couple go up this week on various parts of the Patreon. Um, timeline uh, a brand new podcast which was about 70 minutes long on gore by deftones mm. uh that went up on our patreon page um and also for you freeloaders who haven't signed up mark Lanigan's Bubblegum gum from back in the day one of our first ones that we ever did uh, uh went out for free for everyone so you can listen to that as well if you so wish but like i say patreon.com forward slash riot act podcasts there will be podcasts coming from tepeche mode queens of stone age mary beats jane And Tyler, the creator. So that's quite an eclectic little mix of artists that we're doing over the next month or so. Happy days. Um, Also, I should say um, our merch store. We haven't pushed this too much. uh, But if you go over to riotactpodcast.com, our merch store, if you remember, we did a design for our birthday a few weeks back of uh, Thy Art is Bonjour. The um, Bonjour-based T-shirt inspired by Thy Art is Murder's classic song of a similar name the purest strain of hate that's still available we are actually going to be adding to our merch as we go and we've been trying to think of kind of funny riot act based little quips and things that we can put on a t-shirt that you might like and um so we're going to be adding to them uh quite soon i think hopefully quite soon
1: yes uh, we have some ideas that we're quite excited about. Um, so, yes, well, we're, we are hoping that next week we will have a new T-shirt for you as well. And we would like to roll out merch, like one piece of merch, like maybe roughly once every few weeks. I'm being very... Mm. Uh, very i'm not vague. being very vague <laughs> yeah i'm being vague about it because i don't want to make any promises but that's what we're trying to do um you just reminded me as you were talking about all of that stuff because of the um um deftones uh gore writers review that went up i did a little poll on the old riot you did uh, on the old Riot acts. Now, are you happy about this, Steve? I'm not sure if you are or not. I don't uh, think you can be
0: happy about anyone saying negative things about anything no, Deftones have that's ever done. True.
1: Well, let me just say that... Uh, I'm, I'm going to read the tweet. I just said, inspired by today's rioters review, which was on Gore, what is the worst, and by worst, I mean least good, full-length studio album by Deftones? Um, and kind of a surprising result. Shall I just do it in reverse order?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the top two... Um, were a draw between Diamond Eyes and Koino Yakan, which I think is really interesting. Uh, Both of those Mm. only got 6.2% of the vote. Around the Fur got 7.5% of the vote. White Pony, Mm -hmm. which, you know, one would have thought would be the clear favourite, 10.4% of the vote. Um, Although a couple of people did say, oh, I didn't read the tweet properly, and I thought you were saying, what's your (laughs) favourite Deftones album? So I was like, I'll just read the fucking tweet then. Um, uh, Self-titled Deftones got 31.3%. Gore got 38.9%. Saturday Night Wrist, 48.8%. But the winner, Adrenaline, 50.7%. Now, I have a feeling that you would be very annoyed with this, but Mm. Adrenaline would be my pick, which goes to show what a fucking phenomenal band Daftones are, in my opinion, because I think Adrenaline is an amazing album. I just think they've gone on and done so much. I think they've just become... I think they started brilliantly and just got better and better and better that's all and i know you're gonna have very fond memories of those songs and yada 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 yeah. and it's always great when they you know they usually bust out a couple of adrenaline tracks uh Root, yeah engine number
0: ender- nine yeah board that, maybe
1: yeah yeah i fucking love board I don't, seven words fucking great mm. but i actually sort of think that that's fair enough what are your thoughts on that though so I thought I've not listened. That.
0: I yeah, I've not listened to Adrenaline for for quite a long time. Actually, I can't mm. really remember the last time I actually sat down and listened to it. And I was just thinking of. I mean, I think I can't get behind that. I've got to be honest. I okay. can't get behind Adrenaline being the worst one. Um, but then, when I think about one of the bit, like a big song off it, like Seven Words, is probably the most well-known song off that maybe bored just after and i do think they're probably come some of the the weakest tracks on that record i mean
1: i fucking love board
0: i love i think board is 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 great Mm. um i think seven words is a bit of a weaker moment i mean i mentioned i think fire the last track is fucking absolutely brilliant i think engine number nine holds up really well as one of those songs
1: just fun shouting fuck though isn't it steve
0: yeah it's fun shouting fuck yeah and
1: <laughs> although yeah. although seven words is one of their more new metal moments isn't it of course
0: it is it's one yeah, of, of the more it
1: it's one of the more kind of like you know and they went on to do things which were far 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 better than that so yeah i understand what you're saying i mean when seven words comes in live i'm like yeah i'm gonna say fuck a lot <laughs> but I mean, I mean i would
0: yeah but i mean i can understand yeah the thing is that shit was exciting at the time yeah maybe listen to seven words now it's maybe not as exciting but i would say you know nosebleeds mm. that little run of one week nosebleed lifter route that is incredible yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. that's fucking yeah. brilliant so leave off <laughs>
1: <laughs> we mainly did it because um we were just curious uh i mean yeah i i we, if you haven't listened to the rioters review, and you bloody well should do. Um, we, we, we're very keen on gore, aren't we, Steve? We're mm. Very, very, very yeah. keen on it, and we think it gets a bit of a bad rap. So, so it was voted the third worst uh, from you guys. But mm, yeah, yeah, I mean. They're all brilliant, aren't they? So, who cares? Yeah,
0: they're all they're all really, really good. Um, we're going to do a little catch-up of live things, Remfrey, or sort of live things, because we've not done a lot about the old live streaming thing, but because um, at the weekend, you and I both sat down um, to, like it appears many people did, to watch the Biffy Clyro Celebration of Endings at the Glasgow Barrowlands yes. stream on yes. the day of release. Was it the day of release? It was the day after the album it was, the was released, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was Saturday night, and... Um, and we both sat down, not together, you were in your house and nope. I was in mine. We had no interaction with each other whilst it was going on. <laughs> um, this is probably the first time we've properly spoken about it. Yes, it
1: uh, uh, <laughs> you've made, but, you've made um, it sound like we have a far worse relationship than we actually do, but that's fine.
0: I think it's quite an accurate representation <laughs> of our relationship. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, we, just, we just, just watched it, didn't we? We just watched um,
1: it, yeah. Um, and no or did you...
0: Did you watch the? Did you watch the, the the sort of half an hour build up, bit the sort of sound check you mean the sound check bit.
1: Yes, I absolutely the, did. Yeah. Um,
0: did you, Did you listen with your headphones on for the kind of quadraphonic I sound? Absolutely, that was did. excellent, wasn't yes, it?
1: It was fantastic. So, they they called it. What did they call it? Uh, they They gave it a immersive particular, like, immersive sound or something like that. Yeah. Um, as far as i'm aware that what they're describing there is basically binaural sound it's the whole Mm. kind of binaural technique in the binaural thing binaural is a quite a complex thing to describe but very very simply uh it's about placing microphones um where in the same way that your ears are placed if you see binaural microphones and actually they did actually have a few um as part of the setup they are shaped like a human being's head Mm. um Pajam's Jam's album, Binaural, for example, was uh, uh, recorded this way. And I I fucking love binaural recording techniques because it just makes you feel like you're in the room with them. And the really intimate performances of Rearrange, and I thought Machines in particular, I mean, as discussed last week, uh, I'm not a massive fan of Rearrange as a song, if I'm totally honest. I don't hate it, but I just think it's a bit... Bit me, um, yeah. but machines. Oh, live it was absolutely amazing. Just, just yeah, stunning. And and they yeah. just use the backstage area of the Barrowlands, which is a very um uh, important venue to Biffy. Um, they they've played loads and loads of shows there. I mean, when they went back and did album shows and stuff like that, they did it at the Barrowlands, a very famous venue up in Glasgow. Um, and I just thought it was a brilliant kind of example of how. There's been so many of these fucking live streams, you know, and part of the reason why, part of the reason why we haven't really gone into it too much is because I sort of feel like there's an element of people getting a little bit fed up of them. I mean, they're going to continue because the music industry has gone, oh, this is something we can make money off of, (laughs) basically. And you you can make silly money off of it, really, if you think about it. I mean, I think this stream, I think it was about 16 quid. Mm. and uh we've talked about sort of the prices of streams and stuff like that in the past and i thought 16 quid i was like well it better be pretty fucking special for 16 pounds you know um mm. and it absolutely lived up to that i i thought i mean we're very fortunate we managed to get a freebie um but i i was i thought if i had paid 16 quid for that i would have felt like that that was absolutely worth it the entire show as as a whole for reasons which we're about to go into um but yes the the immersive binaural stuff was just fantastic i suppose well simon was sort of leaning towards the left hand side of the camera and then it comes in if you're listening on headphones it comes in your left ear it sounds like he's right it feels like he's right there it feels Mm. like he's right there it's just fucking cool and it's just another example of biffy clara just using these cool things that other bands don't even think to use just to make something a little bit special and a little bit different it was fucking wicked
0: it was it was really good um all the stuff before and the preamble
1: (laughs) yeah and the
0: sound check they did bubbles and sound check it sounded really really fucking good as well but once the actual show started and yeah they did do yep and um they did the the new album in full Mm -hmm. uh chronologically all the way through Mm -hmm. um with about three or four different stage setups Using the entire—I mean, this is one of the things that I think is really cool—using the entirety of a venue. I've never actually been to the Glasgow Barrowlands before. Neither have I. uh, Although I've seen pictures of it from you know Mm. various things. It's quite a famous. It's quite a famous venue. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and it was cool to see them. Play on the start on the stage, but then step off the stage. And at one point, I mean, it was that, that big proggy bit at the end of Copsy, right at the end, where Simon Neil actually walked downstairs out of the venue mm. into the street mm. and just carried on playing, then walked back up into the vet. And it's like that was really, really That's wicked. Awesome. And again, what it reinforced as well for me was just how fucking good that album is, as well.
1: Absolutely. I it's was a really, really good album. I was really curious to ask your feelings on on, I mean, I think. I, I, we both love it i love it a little bit more than you do maybe but the two songs well uh oh fucking hell what's the single instant history mm-hmm. did you have a different p- of opinion of it listening to it live or not because i thought it hit with a lot more punch personally and especially like um simon live did the kind of uh, chorus line on the guitar a little bit made it a bit more sort of Iron Maideny almost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> little sh- flashback, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that
0: that will make me like it more definitely. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. But um, yeah, did it did it make have any effect on your feelings of that song at all, or did it, you it,
0: hate it? Uh, no, I, I, it was all right. I still don't think it's a very good song. Okay, still it still was absolutely the weakest moment of that set. Mm,
1: I I really liked it. What about Space? I thought Space was... I thought Space was much...
0: Yeah, Space was much better. Yeah, I thought Space was much better live than it was. I mean, I think Instant History was better live than it is on record. Oh, yeah. But it's still not very good.
1: I thought most of the songs were better live than they were on the record. Yeah, I Um, mean,
0: Champ sounded fucking uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Champ was brilliant. I mean, Simon, that was one of the times as soon as they finished No North, No South, um, no north of no south. Sorry, um, Simon walked down the little um, ramp at the front of the thing, mm. and he just and as they were as the band was sort of just fading out, he kind of, he stood right in the middle of Glasgow Barrowlands, and he just starts playing the the sort of opening riff to the ch- and it was great. And and you suddenly go, oh yeah, that's a really good song. Mm. And it, yeah, I, I that's gonna I hope that will stay in their set list amongst everything else. I mean, mm. if I was gonna be a bit picky if i was someone who paid 16 quid for it Mm. i think you get half an hour preamble and about what's the album 45 minutes so you add on the sort of walking in between and the build-up and everything you're looking at probably like it was was
1: 80 minutes in total yeah
0: um so you know you, you you wouldn't have minded an encore of Maybe if they'd done a little Greatest Hits Encore, mountains,
1: I, think I, I, yeah, you know, I understand. living is a problem. I understand what you're saying. I thought the quality of what they were doing was just so fucking cool that I was mm. happy to go with it, though, because... That's, yeah, one that's, thing, not, that's not the debate
0: yeah. I would be having at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing we haven't said is, like, yes, but the way they used the space was incredible, but for example... You know, the first song, North of No South, is just sort of a normal normal quote-unquote performance that you see, and, and you're thinking, okay, this is cool. There's nothing particularly different about this or unusual, but this is, this is cool. And then as soon as um, Simon walked down the steps for The Champ, you start seeing, like, there's all these, like, mannequins all over the place, and they've dressed up the entire venue f- specially for this um, performance. And it just felt like that... There was something you know when I've talked about shows in the past where I've been a bit down on. I've enjoyed shows that have had a a journey of a sort, a journey uh, in in that you're not just there's not just like loads and loads and loads of explosions at the beginning, and then loads and loads and loads of explosions at the end. It's like it it shows that do stuff and have some sort of journey and have highlights all th- littered all throughout the set and new stuff that you see all throughout the set rather than just a massive massive beginning and a massive massive end i think most bands make the mistake of just going let's start big and end big and then the middle can slump like a motherfucker <laughs> um, renfrey
0: calling ramstein's entire career a mistake there
1: <laughs> amstein are definitely one of the bands that i would not accuse of that um nine inch nails are one of the bands i wouldn't accuse of that I i think shikari in terms of their show i mean obviously we have different feelings on them musically but in terms of the shows that they put on and how they do that they are masters of that but biffy Clyro, just i thought that was what was particularly special about this show and like having you know there was a string quartet just on the floor, well, string quartet. I mean, there was just loads of people, loads of strings, loads of people playing strings, um, all with uh, all with masks on to protect them because they're very responsible. Um, but they had the sort of blue painted line across their across their mouth and stuff like that, which is yeah, part cool. of the artwork of a celebration of endings. And this blue painted line was everywhere. It was across the amps. It was on across, the amps and- It was across the um, the mannequins and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like. That's what that's what I want from a big show. I want some thought to have been put into it. That's the key thing, isn't it? It's the thought that's been put into it, rather than just like explosion, explosion, explosion. When people think of Ramstein shows, they think of the explosions, but there's way more to what they do. The rubber dinghy stuff, the like going out into the middle of the audience and playing stuff. You know, the, the, there's a the the, the entrance for Ramstein shows. Like there, there is a lot. I, people think about the explosions when with Ramstein, but that doesn't really give them the credit that they deserve. And this, you know, this is just another example of like how you do these shows really, really well and shows that you don't need those pyrotechnics in order to make it work. I, my, I made an audible kind of <gasps> um, at the beginning of uh, Tiny Indoor Fireworks. They walk. There's like a mirrored four way wall thing, like a mirrored box. A cube. A, like a mirrored kind of cube. cube. Thank you. That's mm. the best way to put it. A mirrored cube. And they walked into this mirrored cube. And you're like, huh, where are they gone? What's going on here? And then the song starts, and it starts with that, like, hey, hey, hey thing. And th- then suddenly some lights go on, and the, the mirrors disappear, and it becomes see-through. And it just looked amazing. Like, the lighting state and everything, it just looked amazing. And I was, I, I was genuinely, I genuinely found it jaw-dropping. And, you know, the last time I remember seeing something like this that use those elements in that way was like the rammstein in paris blu-ray for example or something like Mm. that you know just just using things in a different way and showing you things just using a bit more imagination rather than just let's play on stage and occasionally there'll be a big bang which will be nice do you know mm. what i mean and, and that's yeah, that's, that's what i thought was brilliant about it i just I, I thought everything i said about biffy clara being a truly special band last week i felt really validated i don't need to feel validated because i know i'm right but <laughs> but you know i i really felt validated watching this stream and vindicated if you will because i was just like yes this mm. is this is definitive proof as to why they are ahead of so many of their contemporaries and why they deserve to be where they are. I fucking loved it.
0: It it was really good. Really, really very good. And, you know, since we are talking about all the various live streams and such what that we've um uh we've been watching, I mean, we should have probably mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I stayed up till two in the morning to watch the Code Orange MUD TV thing um i can't believe i didn't i can't believe i didn't mention this before but we'll uh, we'll talk about it now
1: i'm gutted to say i i don't know how but i completely missed it happening i i I, Mm. that's definitely me not doing my job properly but i was completely (laughs) unaware that it it happened luckily
0: i'm here to do it for you (laughs)
1: uh
0: Mm. uh it was fucking excellent man like i mean again Uh, taking a sort of unique approach to doing something, I thought Mm. Code Orange, like, clearly, the idea of Code Orange doing an acoustic show Mm. seems sort of weird. And I can't imagine any of their contemporaries, bar maybe turnstile, you could think possibly could do an acoustic show, maybe. Mm. Um, I can't really think of any of Code Orange's contemporaries being capable of making their songs work in an acoustic way Mm. what also was so brilliant about it is mud tv is you know is mtv Mm. and they really leaned on i mean obviously we've spoken at length about the the sort of 90s influence the influence of you know alternative metal uh and that era of headbangers ball and mtv and typo negative and alice in chains and all that kind of stuff that, that that is um a, such a big influence on Code Orange. And so for them to do a kind of hour build-up to the show where they got Ricky Rackman, who was the original, or I think he was the original, actually, but he was the main host of Headbangers Ball, and particularly he was the host of that era, right. getting him interviewing Reba and Jamie and members of Jesus Peace and Vane, and then him throw into, like, a Gojira video as if you were watching Headbangers That's Ball. Cool. And it being set up like like the kind of 90s Headbangers Ball set, like, you know, as if they were doing... I mean, there's... I... Because I, I don't know if I mentioned this, I quite like the 90s. So I am always <laughs> YouTubing old episodes of Headbangers Ball, like where they do the Sepultura on, like in the studio thing. And they always have these weird camera, slightly off camera angles, like you're at the, you know, uh, 1960s Batman's baddies lair or something. Do you know what I mean? It's always like slightly... Sque- <laughs> and they had all that, like, they just they did it so perfectly and then when it came to the actual live stream sorry sorry,
1: they're very very just to um in on that they're very 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 good at um showing their influences and and not hiding them at all but then also putting their own stamp on them i think and that's all i want absolutely
0: Mm. um and then when it cut to the actual live stream you had a a sort of intro package where they showed little clips of old Headbangers Ball and all the art and all the kind of the graphics and everything looked like Headbangers Ball and it cut to like Pearl Jam doing black on MTV Unplugged, Kurt Kurt Cobain on MTV, Alice in Chains which obviously would be a big one doing MTV Unplugged, a little snippet of Pete Steele on Headbangers Ball like it was fucking so perfectly pitched and then for it to cut to code orange basically sat on stools in exactly the same um, setup as the Alice and Chains unplugged with, like, candles and flowers around them. Yeah, yeah. And for them to go into Bleeding in the Blur acoustically. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And it sound great as well. Like, Reba sounded fucking great. Reba's got a great voice. She's got, like, such a good tone to her voice. And when you think, like, I'm just looking at the set list now. Ugly, obviously you think something like Ugly you reckon could probably work just about work live. Autumn and Carbine um, they played, which worked really well. Um, uh, But then stuff like um, Hurt Goes On, which is is what they ended with, Mm. which is not really got, it's just an electronic song. Like there's no guitar or there's no real live instruments particularly on that. It's all kind of electrically made, but they made an acoustic version of it and it sounded brilliant and it cut out. Like when they went, when that how that song cuts out, they just cut and then it's like boom, and it was like thanks for watching, and that was it. And you were like, oh, Contest. code orange, they've just gone. And um, I mean, what most people have been talking about is the Down in the Hole cover, mm. uh, which was which was great. And again, like such a great tip of the hat and such a great nod to one of their biggest influences um, on this new album, or one of the the. I mean, there's so many influences on this record, but one of the big influences is clearly Alison Chains. Mm. And um yeah, man, I thought it was fucking great. It looked amazing. And it's again, you know, a band taking a concept that no one else has but like no one else has thought, let's try and recreate MTV unplugged during the nineties while from the, the period when all these bands were doing this this thing and and to get it so like I, you know, one of the reasons you and I love brass eye so much is because when they when they parody something, when they recreate something, it looks real. It doesn't look like a joke. It's not played like, you know, when you watch some shit American sitcom like fucking How I Met Your Mother or something and they go oh remember in the 80s and it's just them but they've got flock of seagulls haircuts and a t-shirt that says Frankie says relax it's a, caric- a caricature yeah.
1: version of it yeah which is or they're wearing
0: real. like Hulk Hogan fucking bandanas and stuff yeah. and you go oh yeah that's what the 80s look like yeah, yeah. whereas
1: it's lazy it's when, lazy kind of um nods to it as opposed to mm. looking at the details which make yeah. it very real
0: yeah whereas you know you get like someone like Chris Morris actually makes when they used to do stuff from, you know, the night old BBC programmers from the early seventies, and you'd go, "Well, it actually does look like it could have been the 70s, the, What people are wearing, the sort of the the colours and the tonality of the, co-. and Code Orange did all that. Like they went to that length to make it look exactly like it would have done um, back in the day. What a brilliant! Just ah, they're a brilliant band. We
1: said this a little bit last week. Um, I mean, I think even more so with Code Orange and Biffy as well, and also the next artist I'm about to talk about but um when we were talking about t morris and joe quayle you know um like making the best out of a shitty situation and i do think i I, you know i i I wouldn't put pressure on any bands to like create at this time because i don't think that's a uh productive thing to do you know it's very you're not you're
0: not the ceo of spotify are you you
1: (laughs) very good um but uh those bands who are making an effort to go okay we need to do something with this but also fuck with the formula a bit and do it a little bit different how can we utilize what's going on at the moment and make it uh make it a genuinely interesting artistic statement those those are like the true you know artists if you will those are the those are the people who i want to invest my time uh in i was going to say money well i do want to invest my money in them although you don't do so in such a traditional way these days but you know that's that those are the people that we want to really promote isn't it really Mm. those are the really creative individuals
0: and another one would be nick cave
1: yeah speaking of nick cave um so uh the idiot prayer stream which was um nick cave alone uh, in Alexandra Palace um mm. with just a grand piano um so it's 21 songs in an hour and a half uh he did songs from right across his career uh some songs that had never been performed live before for example he did uh idiot prayer the song from, uh, from Bowman's call isn't it the idiot prayer um which was the first time he'd ever played it live um and then sort of um he even did alternative versions of other songs such as palaces of montezuma from grinder man now i don't know how many people know the grinder man project but it's a far more scuzzy kind of garage rock sort of thing so to hear him doing sort of a solo piano version of this song there were a few songs that were quite um changed quite quite dramatically And I always, always like it when uh, when artists do that. And it was just an incredibly um, intimate performance with Nick Cave. It was very it was kind of similar to um, the conversation with show that I was very, very, very lucky to attend last year at the Barbican um, in that it was just him uh, sat at a piano. And performing the songs, there was no kind of fanfare. There was no sort of. There were sort of different lighting states and things like this. It was. The cinematography was absolutely beautiful. It's, um, cinematographer was a guy called Robbie Ryan, who um, worked on The Favorite Marriage Story and American Honey. So, like these big, 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 big films. Um, and every single shot of it just looked really beautiful. It looks really, really. I mean, you could almost. Every single shot could have been like a piece of artwork. And I think to keep, to sustain the interest of just a man sat at a piano for an hour and a half, it's quite a task. It's quite a monumental task to have to do that. And I think they managed it really, really, really well. I mean, it helps that the songs are absolutely phenomenal as well. There are a lot of favorites in there. Um, it wasn't just sort of rarities and so on and so forth. So you've got, are you the one I've been waiting for? Um there was the Mercy Seat, an incredible version of the Mercy Seat, Jubilee Street, um, Higgs Bows and Blues is quite a big one. Into My Arms he played, but then I think it, and I loved all of that stuff. But I think it was the the rarities. Like for me, as someone who uh, is a big, big, big fan, um, so hearing Man in the Moon, which is the Grinder Man song originally, yeah. um, the version of Girl in Amber. I mean, normally it's the the, the version on. Uh, skeleton tree is normally very kind of there's there's a very electronic bent to it so to hear it in its sort of acoustic piano setting it was just it was just absolutely magical i just thought it was absolutely amazing he played a song called euthanasia which never made it onto any of his records um i mean very much the case that it's not going to persuade any one who doesn't like Nick Cave to have been into him it did very much feel like this is something for people who absolutely love Nick Cave but then I also wonder would anyone who was a um, casual fan pay 16 pounds for a live stream of Nick Cave anyway so it's kind of probably precise, not no. probably not no. so it's sort of besides the point isn't it um mm. I absolutely I, just... I don't know what
0: set Nick Cave could play that would be like oh I better do the hits for a festival set do you know what I mean? I just don't think
1: yeah, yeah. H- what yeah. what
0: does that even look like?
1: I mean, I I I'm off the well, his largest his biggest song on Spotify, I believe is Into My Arms, but then there's I I guess Red Right Hand is a hit. He didn't mm. play Red Right Hand. Um, don't know if it work on a piano. Although although having said that, there's plenty of plenty of these songs that he did play before hearing them. I would have been like, well, that's not going to work on a piano, is it? And and he makes them work on a piano. Pro- I mean, most the majority of the songs are probably written on piano in the first place. So you're probably just seeing the songs yeah. before the Bad Seeds get their hands on them. Um, but yeah, it was really magical. And an hour and a half felt like 30 minutes. Um, just, just flew by. And as I say, considering it's, you know, predominantly just one man at a piano to keep that interesting for feature length is pretty impressive i thought it was absolutely yeah. stunning i loved it
0: good well there you go three very very good live streams and they're the sort of standards to which i think everybody should be aiming for uh, uh, absolutely. As, as, as we progress into this uh this new normal oh god <laughs> new normal but i think the key <laughs> thing rubbish.
1: there as well is three very different approaches but yep. but and, and therefore that is why they were all brilliant
0: yeah for sure for yeah. sure um <coughs> anyway let's do some reviews rem free and we're gonna start with conor oberst and his bright eyes bright eyes 10th studio album down in the weeds where the world once was the album that we were brothers that's my favorite bright eyes song um <laughs> i can't so the i album. can't
1: hear it without thinking of watership down which mm. then gives me anxiety because that film fucked me up as a yeah. wee nipper you've seen the watch it down and film from right?
0: round here there's a pub up the road from me called the watch it down which is uh, right by
1: richard what's his face the author. yeah mm-hmm. what is his name richard I've
0: forgotten now i knew it 10 seconds ago and then you said richard what's his face <laughs> and i went oh and his name is not and now i think his name is richard what's his face <laughs> it's definitely
1: not I... richard what's his face um, richard adams there we go yeah you've, that's the guy surely you've seen the film the watch yeah oh, yeah it's terrifying absolutely Horrible. how the fuck was that a you certificate i don't know that is well, I tell you what's
0: cool is that the pub the warship down near me has got a little petting zoo with loads of rabbits and oh, uh, guinea nice. pigs and stuff in it that's, that's nice
1: they don't claw each other's fucking eyes out no. or anything like that no, like, no. like happens that like happens in the you certificate film it's unbelievable yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know,
0: kids were made of sterner stuff back then, weren't they, Renfrew? <gasps>
1: well, I fucking wasn't. I had nightmares about it for fucking years.
0: Yeah. Well, the fucking Return of the Jedi is a you, and someone after about, after about 10 minutes, someone gets bitten in half by a big monster, and you're like, <laughs> that surely should be a PG, shouldn't it? Surely. <laughs>
1: um,
0: anyway, uh, the album that we were sort of promised
1: wouldn't ever in- exist. In- There's incest in The Empire Strikes Back, and that's a you
0: right okay well, <laughs> so, we've moved sorry.
1: on i know, so, I know we're we not really going to go through
0: every u <laughs> and pull up the british board of <laughs> certifications and go you've been very very negligent here
1: i know we totally had moved on but it just occurred to me that there is yeah. incest in the empire strikes back because i thought of
0: one and i was like oh, i'm not going to do it because we've moved on but no. since we're here i think stealing a child goblin stealing a child in labyrinth is fairly terrifying yeah
1: was that a u certificate? Mm. It was, yeah. Unbelievable. Sorry, we that can part move on. That David
0: Bowie on. was written for Michael Jackson. I think that's I it think. Before.
1: I think it should be a twelve certificate for David Bowie's codpiece alone. Frankly, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, you can see everything there. You no, can
0: no. imagine if Michael Jackson had have done that—a film about Michael Jackson stealing a baby.
1: Oh.
0: Mm. I mean, all you fucking millennial haters out there can say what you want about David Bowie, but he never stole a baby. <laughs> In, in the real in the real world but he did um, make
1: moonwalker which was almost as bad yeah oh, although God, joe yeah. pesci's in moonwalker
0: yeah going i'm gonna make our kids take drugs they're <laughs> all gonna take drugs but like, why <laughs> yeah. why kids oh, you're a drug dealer. just sell your f- it doesn't make sense anyway
1: shall we just review moonwalker the, no
0: <laughs> no no the 10th studio album the album that we were told we were never gonna get um Before the release of 2011's The People's Key, Conor O'Burst claimed, in fact, they actually claimed this back in 2009, that the next Bright Eyes album would be the last one. So most people's assumption is that The People's Key would have been the last Bright Eyes album. Um, Nine years later, we get something of a phoenix from the flames. There was never any official hiatus that Bright Eyes went on, but I think everyone just assumes that there has been this hiatus for the last sort of... Eight years, really. Yeah, um, I've, I've read
1: slightly contradicting reports, but but yeah, I mean, uh, no one was expecting a new Bright Eyes album. I think that's fair to no. say. Mm. Um,
0: So they are back. This album features contributions from the likes of Mars Volta drummer John Theodore yes, and Flea from Back to the Future 2.
1: Yes and no. <laughs> His most famous work, Back to the Future yeah. Part 2. <laughs> um, uh, and The Big Basky. Thoughts yeah. on. We've that money, Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on Flea's acting career, Steve.
0: Yeah. We've won that money, Lebowski, or we cut off your Chanson. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thoughts.
1: Okay. Yeah. he's. I, I love don't... the
0: big. I love two of my favorite films. I love The Big Lebowski and I love the Future 2. Same. So Same. I'm not going to slag him off.
1: No. No, yeah. Mm, I, I, the thing is, when Flea turns up in a film, you go, you go there's flea and it takes yeah. you out of it that's what that's what fucks mm. me off about it it's like this is flea mm. you know yeah
0: but you do that with i mean i just do that with fucking anyone famous don't you really
1: <laughs> you Stephen do. fry's bad for it i mean i love Stephen fry but i don't like Stephen fry turning up in films because i go it's Stephen and Fry,
0: he's, and he's an actor
1: yeah well yeah but you should so that's should rough
0: be. on him it shouldn't be yeah <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Bright Eyes. I have to confess that bar my quite well-thumbed and quite heavily listened to copy of 1998's Letting Off the Happiness album, um, I'm not much of a Bright Eyes fan and I've never really gone very deep into their or his career. Um so this official stroke, unofficial hiatus that I've been on has never really hit me that hard. Remfrey, how about you?
1: Uh, I'm the same as you. The only difference is it's a different album for me. So the only one I've listened to extensively prior to this one is 2005's "I'm Wide Awake It's Morning," which I quite like. Um, but mm. I've never fully got on board with the bright eye, with the bright eyes. Um, Yes, for reasons which might become clearer as this review goes on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I liked the sort of earlier stuff when it was. Never in that disliked little him. sort of. Mm, never disliked them. just never liked well, it. Well, I, I mean, I say I like the early stuff. I like that album. It, I got it in a sort of. Um, just post-discovering Elliot Smith <laughs> haze <laughs> of stuff. And I thought, oh, this is a bit like that, but probably. Well, not even probably, but not as good. That was sort of my where my sort of thoughts began and ended hence why i never bought another album i just thought that's quite a good record of theirs uh i quite like this sort of thing um but i've got a load of elliot smith albums that are really good and i'm not sure that i need loads more of this
1: i think you've actually hit the nail on the head a little bit because i don't think uh, my past experiences with bright eyes haven't been i don't like this it's more been well this is fine but there are other artists that I prefer and think do it better.
0: That scratch that itch?
1: Yeah, more so. Mm. Um, Damien Rice, mm. for example. Um, mm-hmm. Or, I mean, yeah.
0: Iron and Wine Iron and would Wine. be another one. Yeah, 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 exactly. So jo- may- maybe not so much. I was going to say Jonah Matranga in his various forms, but I suppose it's slightly mm. different, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I wouldn't view Jonah Matranga as an exact. Uh, well, I wouldn't view any of those artists as an exact copy. But yeah, I mean, there are certainly other artists who. I guess what what I think it's um, singer-songwriter music that is very epic and cinematic at the same time. So singer-songwriter music that suddenly has elements that come in which you're not necessarily expecting, for example. Mm. Um, there's a few f- examples of that on this record, actually, and, and I think those are the bits that I really like. Um, uh, mm. Just as an example, there's a nice bit of bagpipes that pop up on wow. persona non grata. Am I going the, ahead of myself? There's a,
0: you are. There's right. a bit of bagpipes. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can do this now if you want. There's a, there's, you said there's a nice bit of bagpipes. I don't think a nice bit of bagpipes exists. I think it sounds <laughs> fucking horrible. Oh, <laughs> really? That particular bit, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, can we start at the start, though, before okay. we get into the bagpipes? Ooh. Ooh. Because I, I know you the, want to talk about the start of this record. Fuck the, me.
0: The first song is just not a good idea. It's really not a good idea. Because it was their first album in nine years, I was like, oh, I wonder what he's, you know, what? and because there has been such, I think, it's like a really, you know, it's the perfect time for a new Bright Eyes album. Yeah. with so many great artists um, of a similar, if not completely exactly the same bent, a similar enough bent um, with this sort of thing being popularized by everyone from Phoebe Britt you know, that that kind of minimalist um solo artist being popularized by everyone from sort of Phoebe Bridges to um, yeah, yeah. Bon Iver to now Taylor Swift it mm. couldn't be a better yeah. time for couldn't be a better time for a new Bright Eyes yeah, album totally, and I, totally. so I was like oh I hope you know this kind of legend of the uh of the scene can come back and write an album which stands toe to toe with the very best albums from what is happening in in this world in 2020 and then the first song is four minutes of a bunch of musicians tuning up and people talking in a bar and at the first at first you're like oh okay oh this will probably actually go into a song in a second because i can see it's four minutes long and then halfway through it doesn't and you think surely he's not just gonna let this go on for four minutes and then he does Mm. and it's got to be one of the worst openings to a record i have ever heard in my life it is just an absolute enthusiasm nuclear bomb any enthusiasm i had for this record just was like straight away
1: what's annoying is if that song had been 45 seconds a minute maybe it would have actually been quite a cool way to open it but because it's a very long four minutes uh obviously I
0: excruciatingly long yeah minutes.
1: yeah you're just like why why you just you just keep asking questions to go why have you done this why why have you why you know maybe maybe there's some sort of crazy conspiracy or amazing um like tool esque or or even Bonnevaire type thing compared to like to do with the number the specific number of how long it is and if you add up the seconds and then you know divide it by pythagoras's theorem the world explodes or something like that i don't know but i just don't think there is i just think he's just gone on for four minutes and it's too long silly Uh,
0: yeah i mean it doesn't appear to be any kind of narrative structure or storyline to you know this is not a concept album i thought it is setting up some sort of conceptual world and it's not no it's just a four minutes of fucking noise like boring shuffling it's it's Mm. ridiculous and it and when it and what it meant was when the first track proper comes in dance and sing Mm. i just went oh okay it's not a bad song but it's so it's pretty unremarkable and you just think this is not a bad song but it is a bad start to the record because i've had to wait four minutes for a fairly unremarkable song if it was four minutes and then the first song came in and it was just this glorious you know um kaleidoscopic buffet of sounds and ideas and it was br- then you'd go okay well you've 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 you know kind of tested my patience and then hit me with this incredible opening track but mm. they don't do that mm. and it for it to be okay is is not good enough after four minutes of tosh
1: it makes you question his decisions doesn't it and i personally mm. if i'm listening to someone i want to be confident that uh what i'm listening to has been put together and crafted meticulously well and when it opens like that you're just like maybe look maybe we are missing something here maybe we are missing something here but i have searched for it and i don't know what it is and it should be clearer (laughs) i would argue or maybe it shouldn't i don't know but anyway certainly dance and sing it's weird isn't it because dance and sing comes in sort of with all bells and whistles in a way i mean he's backed by an orchestra and then there's like a choir of female Mm. backing vocals that come in and all this sort of thing and i really admire all of that and the way that it's put together and but i was listening to it and it took me a while to figure it out i was like on paper this song has all the elements that i certainly i like though kind of cinematic very sweeping blah 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 why so why am i just not responding well to this song and the only conclusion that I've come to is, I just don't think the actual song itself is very good. It's a completely unremarkable song. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's terrible, but unremarkable no, no, it's is a pretty absolutely unremarkable.
0: Yeah. It is a, it's a, it's a perfectly, um, it's a, per- a perfectly um, fine,
1: it's serviceable uh,
0: comp- composition of yeah. of sounds. Yeah, and it is well produced. I mean, again, like I say, for very many of these albums, which are from the bigger artists that we cover if you put it on your headphones it sounds absolutely delightful but and it's well, you know, arranged. It, it's well arranged it's well arranged beautifully arranged and it's clear and it's concise and you know the the you can pick out every element of it but there's n- not really any semblance of a great song in there whatsoever and i think it's, it's,
1: it's a shrug emoji of a song i would say it
0: is, yeah and then ju- um, just once in the world comes in and again i don't really have much to say about that Again, it feels like an unremarkable song apart from there's clever little bits like there's a bit where he says electric guitar and then a big electric guitar yeah. comes in and, and and then you get this kind of really killer Hammond organ or Moog um mm-hmm. organ sort of thing uh joins in on top of that and i was like well oh, that's that's really that that sounds really cool that's, but it doesn't but that, make the song great well, does it
1: that exactly that's the f- yeah totally agreed but that's also the first moment of this record where my ears prick up and i go ah finally you're doing something interesting and yeah. we are talking i mean at that point we're a good 10 minutes in i reckon uh yeah. I, I would have thought um of a pretty long record so you mm. know longish um so yeah it's just a bit like yeah mm. the, the, yeah you uh, I, would be
0: you would be looking at um, well past the 10 minute mark because the first one's four minutes dance and sing is four and a half minutes so you're looking at eight and a half minutes as you start just once in the world and then that doesn't come into the last 90 seconds i don't think so you're looking at a good sort of 12 minutes of not a lot
1: yeah and and it is just like, why have you started it like this? Because, I don't know. Yeah, it alienated me as well. It alienated us both by the sounds of it, but it really, really alienated me. And I was just like, mm, I'm a bit annoyed about this.
0: Uh, you've also got um, Mariana Trench, which goes for that kind of 80s synth thing, which is reminding me a bit of that, one of the slower songs from that last Beck album. And it takes, it takes a long time. It's about, and again, it's the last minute where the where a sort of a big chorus comes in and you go, oh, I quite like this bit. But again, I mean, at, this, at that point, I was like, this isn't very good, this record. Mm-hmm. You're four tracks in and you've had one sort of guitar and Hammond organ flourish. You've got a big chorus at the end of one of the other songs and, you know, you're 15 minutes into the record and you're thinking, fucking hell, there's 13 tracks on here.
1: Um, 14.
0: Sorry, 14 tracks on here. I, like, I don't really know. I don't really know how much of this I'm gonna be able to take. Because hmm. it's just very, very it was just kind of I was just sort of shrugging in my way through it at that point.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I mean there is there is a, a particularly low point for me. Like the sixth track, Pan and Broom, is it the sixth track? Yeah, it is the sixth Pan and Broom, I just just find annoying. Um, it makes me think of twee hipsters with a casio keyboard performing a gig in a washing machine or something like that you know using a nokia 3310 for a pa it's just all that kind of like oh let's put some weird wacky ideas into it but none of them are actually going to serve the song we're just trying to be weird and hipsterish and odd and it's just like i haven't even got
0: anything written down for that song it was just like it's just yeah it is nothing
1: it is very like shrugging shrugging again shrug emoji it is it is uh, there's a lot of shrug emoji isn't it but mm. i mean the, the that the
0: only from those first six i think i agree with you like i think that's a uh, fucking waste of time i really like one and done which is the one that comes before that which has got some kind of weird mm-hmm. almost industrial stabbing parts on it and some quite yeah. al- nice orchestral stuff and it's got uh, and it's got an odd pacing it's got mm. a, a variant kind of um Uh, A variable, the pace kind of slows and dips and quickens. And I was like, this is comfortably my favourite song on it at this point. And I was like, that song's actually pretty good, but it was just surrounded by sort of nothing. Um, I thought "Stairwell" song was pretty decent as well. That's another Mm -hmm. kind of slower, Mm -hmm. a bit more of a grander one. Um, Persona Non Grata with the fucking bagpipes. I mean, I just hate the sound of bagpipes.
1: Okay. I I, quite like it. The the sound of
0: bagpipes is... Horrible.
1: I quite like Persona non grata and it certainly doesn't I thought I thought the bagpipes bit was quite good as well. I mean certainly well I was gonna I was gonna say and you're sort of going on to it but this it feels like it's an album of two halves because
0: mm. the
1: second half is much, much better than the first half, isn't it?
0: Far better.
1: So yeah. much better. So, so much so better. So much better. Like songs like Tilt a Whirl, for example, or I think mm. my favourite I, like I think my favourite song on the record is Calated Dover, you know.
0: I've I've actually got um, Hot Car and the Sun as my favourite. Yeah, Hot Car and Sun. Which is basketball. just sort of, which, which you get, like, the thing is, is after all that stuff we're saying about the idea, it's just Connor and a piano, and it's dead simple. It's really catchy, it's very emotional. I mean, this was written in the aftermath of his divorce and it's two minutes 29 this song proper like sad boy Mm -hmm. um and there's a bit where he says didn't have much to do i was dreaming of my ex-wife's face Mm
2: -hmm. which is
0: emo Mm -hmm. as fuck and but but it's that to me is proof that you know like the bright eyes album that i own and like there's not really much in terms of the grander more orchestral more sort of bolder more cinematic cinematic flourishes to it mm. the the tighter more insular um moments of it he's he's very good at that and i think hot car in the sun is really good at doing that and it's mm. two minutes and 29 seconds long and it just feels totally easy and heartfelt and it's a really good song um Calais to dover is a, a, another kind of is a, is a very emotive one as well mm. i mean great chorus and it's got one of those rare things <laughs> which is um a brilliant uh, it's not actually Noel Gallagher but it, it's got a Noel Gallagher guitar solo in it. <laughs> so, you know, solo at the end. Yeah. Full note, Noel Gallagher guitar solo. That yeah. is that is like just absolutely you go yeah that's you know the end of all around the world or something. Yeah, um yeah. or Champagne Supernova. It, and it's great. It sounds fucking great. I I think today was really good as well. Yeah. And it's your favorite.
1: Yeah, it's my favorite on this record. Um I mean, but there's a it's a bit irritating because I kind of feel like by the time this record begins to get good, it's sort of already lost me, which is what's annoying. Yeah. And it is really irritating because there are some really good things on it. And maybe it's just maybe we're just not fans of Bright Eyes. I mean, I I have to admit, I'm not a massive fan of Conor Oberst's voice. I'd never ever say that he has a bad voice. But it is just one of those things where you're like, you either like it or you don't. And I'm not a massive fan of it. Funnily enough, for I me, mean, Phoebe Bridges, who I've wanked on and on and on about um, on this show quite a lot, uh, who I obviously think is fantastic. She's done various different projects with different people. And um, she actually did an album with Connor Oberst last year called Better Oblivion Community Centre. And it is the only Phoebe Bridges projects that I don't really haven't really got on board with so Mm. (laughs) you know there is kind of like a feeling with me that i'm just not really a big fan of connor um
0: why do you think that is do you think he's got i mean he's got i don't think he's quite the bloke from spanish love songs but he has got a like quiver in his voice which is like he's gonna cry oh god he's gonna cry do you know what i mean he has got that i'm about to cry vocal
1: part of what i find irritating about him is i find it difficult to put my finger on what i find irritating about him (laughs) <laughs> does that make sense but yes i yeah. think it's something to do with that it's it i just sometimes you just don't like someone's voice and i don't really like conor obris voice and i don't like it for reasons that f- for example people would say well i don't like um oh goodness it's bloody geddy lee no, I, <laughs> no 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 uh the far more suitable example i was going to say the vocalist from um, neutral milk hotel um you mm. know like i i i love um i've forgotten his name but i love the vocalist from neutral milk hotel's voice personally but i totally understand why someone would turn around and say it's like nails down a chalkboard for me um i think conor, conor obris has a similar kind of thing it's just i like neutral milk hotel and i don't like bright eyes i i, I but i can't but putting my finger on as to why sometimes it's a very just sort of personal thing isn't it and i, I don't know mm. i can't i can't put my finger on it and it particularly considering that this is my job it particularly annoys me when i can't put my finger on why but i, I just yeah i just don't really and I'm, it's not That's the best. fair enough it's i not, mean it's, it's fair not, enough it's not the best criticism but it but yeah no. it's just what it is um it's
0: it's not really his voice uh to me i think it was just the fact that so much of it was a bit i don't know i just i i kind of i mean i thought you know comet song that ends the album again i quite it's an attempt to do sort of a big day in the life yeah ending in it which is cool it's not as good as that obviously um (laughs) but um you know it made me think i probably wouldn't go back to bright eyes and the rest of their back catalog and i just feel that i think it's like i said before you know there are better people doing this sort of thing Mm. you know there is a there's a finite amount of room in your life for stuff that you know i I don't think i'll ever run out of hardcore bands to like Mm. do you know what i mean if someone says there's a really good new hardcore band do you want to listen to them i'll go yes and they might go they're not as good as you know they're not as good as minor threat uh but they are they're pretty good and I would go great that's that, fine if they're that's a good hardcore band yeah, I yeah. want to listen to them whereas if someone said to me like there's this new singer songwriter sort of folksy singer songwriter and he's all right do you want to listen to it I'd probably go no, nah, I'm alright thanks yeah yeah, yeah I I I've got enough of that it's not what I I don't listen to it enough to be like I need to know every single one of them and I basically I mean, feel like tastes. that about bright yeah, yeah I, that's I feel his like taste isn't it yeah and I feel like um bright eyes for me particularly in 2020 sit in the sort of middle range the kind of six out of ten range of a style of music which i am not heavily emotionally invested in
1: it's going to be an awful lot of people who are absolutely furious for us saying this but yes i I do agree because people are very passionate about bright eyes and i do i do get it i mean because they they write very personal music and if if it if it uh resonates with you it resonates with you and 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 it's like a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten but if it doesn't then it just doesn't and uh mm. bright eyes just obviously doesn't resonate with us um yeah it, it, this hasn't made me want to go in any further on any other bright albums uh, bright eyes albums particularly um even though there are good moments on it but again i've said this about other albums in the past that there are good moments on this record but i don't think there are many good songs on it it's very i mean it's very much against the um general uh uh critical appraise of this record people fucking love it but um do they oh yeah 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 no. oh god q yeah. gave it
0: four uncut nine um pitchfork 7.4 nme four. pretty good for pitchfork pretty good for pitchfork yeah fair well, you're oh, talking well.
1: four out of five, four out of five, nine out of ten, seven point four for Pitchfork. I mean, that's that's a well-reviewed, yeah. Record, that yeah, is right a right well-reviewed
0: record. Yeah, it's a pretty well-reviewed record. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, this is a pick. You know, this is like the 1975 album. This is a pick the the four or five that you like. Absolutely, and take and take them away and don't listen to the album again for me. It just is. Sorry, absolutely, sorry fans. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel. Um, down in the weeds where the world once was is out now that's a new album from bright eyes yeah no fine um (laughs) more of that shoulder shrugging might be coming Renfrew because our next album is holy moly by blues pills the third album from the swedish retro rockers i used to play some stuff from their first album on team rock radio and as such i do not care about their existence at all. Um <laughs> uh Blues Pills we did this cuz we we said we were going to do it last week cuz it was the only thing off the top of my head that I could remember that was actually out. So, um <laughs> we're not liars
1: at least. There's another reason uh, we've done it. We'll we'll get into that, but there's another reason we did mm,
0: it as well. Uh Blues Pills are that that thing, aren't they? They're that like I say that retro rock, 1970s hard rock done by younger people now um psychedelic zeppelin influenced deep purple influenced bad company influenced um fleetwood mac influenced janice joplin influenced stuff
1: the retro classic did you say influenced enough there i'm not sure um the probably did (laughs) the retro i I meant rip off (laughs) the retro classic rock thing that historically we've tended not to go in for particularly um Mm. yes so it might might raise people's eyebrows as to why we're bothering to review this one because a lot of the time we just ignore these kind of bands really uh why did i want to review it I suppose I wanted to review. There was an awful lot of hype around Blues Pills when they came out. I remember Metal Hammer and classic rock going absolutely do lally for them, as if as if Led Zeppelin had reformed. Almost, um, there was a, they did a show very very early on at the St Pancras Old Church, which I was invited to, and I would have been quite happy to go along just to check it out. And I I was obviously busy because I I couldn't make it, but I remember people absolutely raving about that show and i checked out the debut blues pills record and i was i quite like it i think it's good i think it's better than a lot of their contemporaries but nothing sticks with me with it uh and nothing ever has stuck with me with blues pills i've um checks out lady in gold as well their second record which went to number Number one one. in germany in germany yeah i mean they do fucking love this kind of shit in germany to be fair but yeah yeah, i mean that's that's a huge that is huge you know that is crazy Mm. um but um i could they're kind of one of those bands that i sort of i enjoy them when they're on i think they're perfectly pleasant if they were playing at a festival i'd probably pop along to check them out but I'm not like massively, massively, massively passionate about them. How do you yeah. feel about Blue's Pills?
0: Uh, it's very, very similar to be fair. I mean, I think, you know, my main two problems with w- this kind of resurgence of nineteen seven like late 60s, early 70s, hard rock the kind of stuff that classic rock goes fucking batshit for, you know, the temperance movement or rivals. Rival Sons, obviously, being the absolutely huge one of them, and I guess Greta oh, Van Fleet as Blackstone well. Blackstone Cherry, Blackstone Cherry, Greta Van. I mean, Black, Blackstone Cherry are kind of a southern rock band, so they are a little yeah, bit fair, different. Fair, fair. Um, they're not that kind of. You know, this is that's that's American southern rock as opposed to kind of. You know, sixties hippie, this is, psychedelica, uh, yeah, like, 60s psychedelic, yeah,
1: sixties psychedelic blues is how I'd sum this up, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: um Which, which I and, do quite
1: like, actually. I have to say, I mean, I do quite like I, that stuff to a degree. Yeah,
0: I, I my main problem with that stuff is it's either I feel like the songs aren't as like you know you get in rock by Deep Purple, yeah, and they've got fucking. Some like amazing songs on it. Yeah, just some like absolute like the songwriting is. And obviously, we d- d- do we even need to bother mentioning the sort of first couple of Led Zeppelin albums and yeah. how great the songs on yeah. that are. Yeah, those exactly. songs are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And I do feel sometimes like those bands struggle to write songs that are as good as that. And who wouldn't? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. It, 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 it's difficult. Like, I mean, as if fucking municipal waste have ever written anything as good as hit the lights like you know it's just it's difficult to do that um and i think so there's that there's the lack of songs which i think is a problem but i don't think it is a problem um as much as my other criticism which is just the lack of energy that some of these bands have Mm -hmm. again if you go back to uh, well, I'm going to use Deep Purple as an example again. If you listen to a summit like Black Knight by Deep Purple, mm. it is it's full throttle and it's energetic and it sounds, you know, it sounds youthful and raw and untamed. Even though that music has has now kind of characterized by old old men, mm. um, it still sounds really fucking exciting today. And it does. Mm. And stuff like Rival Sons is a it's a bit too clipped and a bit too knowing and a bit too uh, almost a bit too self-conscious. Yeah. It's like it's like cosplay. Let's dress mm-hmm. up like that. And 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 I think my main problem and so I I find someone like Rival Sons who I think actually aren't bad songwriters. They, you know they had a couple of I remember again I played their album which ended up being getting 10 in Classic Rock. And I played a couple of tracks from that on Team Rock Radio. And I remember both times thinking, these are actually very, very well-written songs. Yeah. But they're just dragged down by this, like, the lack... I mean, what we were saying about Mother Vulture a couple of weeks ago, like, don't let yourself be dragged down to that... Ploddy level. That that ploddy old man sort of, this is how rock is meant to sound and we need... Like, don't let yourself be... You know, fall into that trap. Um, That is, for me, that is a a worse thing to fall into than the we don't quite have the songs yet. And for me, Blues Pills, they more fall into the the songs aren't actually that great as opposed to the we don't have any energy. Because this is a very energetic, this is a very energetic album.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because when this album has a bit of kick and bite to it, when when it has some fucking get up and go spirit um i actually think it's really good i really like low road i really like dream yeah it's in my a great way it's a the,
0: the yeah the first sort of what are we saying i i think of the first 5 tracks can do that california personally it's mm-hmm. fine we'll get, we'll get rhythm on to the ballads we'll get on to the ballads. yeah rhythm in the blood is is like i i was yeah. hoping that was going to be a sort of reworking
2: this is a rhythm in the blood <laughs> all right for
0: yeah, we can a rhythm dream. in the blood, <laughs> um, but it's not unfortunately, um, but yeah, it's still like, quite
1: good, but it's still that's that's a that's a pr- pretty cool song,
0: Proud Woman, Low Road, Juma Life mm-hmm. Away, mm-hmm. not California, and then Rhythm in the Blood. I was like, great, yeah. you know, this actually feels like uh, like loads of energy and yeah. pretty good songs, perfectly yeah. serviceable songs. I mean not amazing like think, oh my pr- god i think
1: i think pretty good i think pretty good. Pretty, good pretty good songs yeah 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 not bad at all yeah
0: not bad at all so, so I was charismatic
1: like, vocals from um mm. oh goodness me i want to say her name because i've well you bit. should say her name yes i fucking should shouldn't her I, name I is not.
0: ellen larson thank you
1: very good save um thank and you. um i think she's got a really charismatic thing you know she's got a great voice yeah yeah there's lots of you've already said it but janice joplin vibes absolutely 100 um there's one or two minor eye-rolling moments that she does but but in the main i think she's a very good charismatic front woman uh i think that's very, very very cool um i suppose i should name those slightly eye-rolling moments stuff like kiss it bitch on uh kiss my past goodbye or mm. i'm a proud fucking woman at the end of uh proud woman and stuff like that it's like oh yeah, yeah you don't need to do that um but you know but yeah that's that stuff is all good are mm. we gonna get on to the bad now <laughs> yeah why not? Yeah, um, why not? <laughs> is is there
0: anything that is really bad on this record? Would you um, say really quite bad?
1: I I, I don't know. I don't I, personally. I don't think there is. No. Um, it just as people are probably going to predict. We're about to say it just becomes quite plod central, doesn't it? Mm. And the ballads are particularly ploddy, <laughs> uh, and there's yeah. quite a few of them. Uh, California, yeah. you've already mentioned. Wish I'd known. Oh, it's just which, very sort yeah
0: of... i was gonna bring up if there is anything bad on this album it's wish i'd known which i think is dull as mm.
1: fuck i don't even think it's oh. it's
0: is, pretty is, dull. Is
1: dull bad that's that's the question i mean i'm being very finickety here but is i mean i don't mean, think i don't, yeah, think, it, I don't think it's it i don't well i don't think it's a badly crafted song you see for example i just think it's a bit boring you know um
0: okay well i think that probably makes it quite bad to be honest i well, think if okay. you write a song that's boring it's probably quite a bad song
1: <laughs> well, maybe i mean or what yeah. a good song it's so boring <laughs>
0: i love it you know what, yeah, what, how can right those five. two things yeah 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 um uh
1: but no yes yeah, so i think "Wish i would Known" probably is the worst song on this record um mm. but yeah it's a shame I'm, i feel like i'm sort of getting to the point now when this is their third record and i do feel like if i picked my four favorite songs from each record a they'd be all the really cool shit kicker ones the really yeah. like fast frantic ones and b that would be a brilliant album person i think Personally, um, yeah. you know, it'd be a bit like uh, a band that we both admired a lot, Black Spiders. That their first album, Sons of the North, was it called? I think mm. called Sons of the North. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in terms of doing this retro, um, retro classic rock type thing, but just with a bit of fucking bite. That record, in particular, um, I wasn't a massive fan of the follow-up, but that record is is one of the best examples, probably. Yeah this millennium i think it's just mm-hmm. fantastic i mean the wild heart's entire output as well you know but um i and i guess i guess i wanted to bring this up just because i think i think there are moments where they moments on the record where they hit that uh unfortunately well not even moments they like actual whole songs where you go yeah this is really good i mean low road is the absolute high right highlight for me i think it's fucking wicked loads yeah, of great whir, song. loads mm-hmm. of wire on it and they just sound so they sound like they've got a fire under their ass basically and that's when these bands really really sound good it's just when they go into plod territory and i'm just like does anyone need this or want this and i'm not sure anyone does
0: i'm sure there'll be some people who do that Mm. shit's massive a lot of people who like some boring shit um should we talk about the sort of purpose of the album Mm. because i don't want to turn into Gil. But it's about being a girl in
1: a band. Can you believe it? It's a girl in a band. A woman in a band. Um, well, yeah, this was sort of another thing that I wanted to bring up. So, you know, um, we've talked a lot about sort of, there's a fantastic feminist rhetoric and streak that's going through a lot of out um, uh, Really cool at the music. Moment. Really, yeah. really, really good music at the moment. And um, it's really, really good to see after, you know, women historically, traditionally haven't really been given the voice that they deserve in um uh this this form of music and i think when you look back at the sort of um there's plenty of 60s psychedelic type of stuff thing that i like but when you look back certainly to the 60s and 70s era there were just so few women voices at all and i thought it was kind of cool i mean proud woman the whole record starts with a kind of Uh, I I think it's a sample. What do we want?
0: We want the vote, we want equal opportunities and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's some sort of
1: sample from a demonstration about having equal rights and not wanting to be treated like a piece of meat. Now, it's hardly um, uh, Good Morning America by Let Live or whatever. It's it's hardly like that um, uh, sort of vigour-inducing or anything like that. But I... And this is where I... (laughs) Not that I often sound snobby, but this is where I risk becoming sounding snobby. Um, I do wonder sometimes if maybe the people that Blues Pills are performing to, I wonder if a portion of their audience probably need to have that message message rammed down their throats, maybe? Um, Just bearing in mind the historical sort of context that this music has come from and so on and so forth. And we are talking about, uh, they probably have a relatively older crowd and so on and so forth there's an awful lot of it's it's a band not preaching to the choir i suppose is what i'm trying to say um i would imagine blues pills would go down very very well at download now to suggest that everyone that goes to download is misogynist is a fucking moronic thing to do and i'm not doing that um As i go <laughs> Um, but uh, (laughs) that sounded like I was saying yes and you're a massive misogynist which I'm not yeah it did sound (laughs) exactly like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) which I think is absolutely outrageous
1: but for example um, I purchased on Blu-ray the Slipknot uh, the the really really famous 2009 it was 2009 wasn't it Slipknot set very very good um, on on the Blu-rays something that does I mean, it doesn't it doesn't massively affect my enjoyment of it, but there is an awful lot of shots of the crowds of women getting on top of someone's shoulders and just showing their tits off.
0: Well, that that if you go four years down the line, I remember Tom Doyle, who was a writer for Metal Hammer and who's a great writer, wrote a piece about how download should uh, it, this is like after the two thousand thirteen download and I do remember being stood in the crowd and between bands... it's when they're between bands. It's and between bands they show, usually, they show a girl sat on someone's shoulders and then they go off uh, everyone chant and they she flashes the, the camera.
1: Yeah. And that I mean And then and, and if if she if she feels uncomfortable with flashing the camera booed. they she gets booed. And it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely this outrageous. kind of absolutely outrageous. reprehensible fucking attitude that i'm trying to talk about i really 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 want to stress that i appreciate that the majority of people who go to these festivals don't have that mindset but when you go there it becomes that thing doesn't it for some reason and the fact that blues pills are going to appeal to a lot of that crowd and they have this message which isn't which isn't delivered in the most astute or most you know it's quite a direct message i don't think she's the most it's not sharp tooth or bound is it yeah no 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 absolutely but i i I still you know again sharp tooth as fucking brilliant as they are and i think they are i think a lot of their fans will kind of probably already think that way anyway whereas (laughs) blues pills have a chance of playing to a lot of people who will will be booing those women who don't get their tits out for the lads kind of thing Mm. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that. That I, I, aspect. I of think it. that
0: that thing just by uh, as a sort of side. I mean, yeah, mm. I agree. Um, I think that thing has kind of. Well, I, I think as I, I haven't seen it happen in the last few years. I've been to download. Although to be fair, I don't spend a lot of time in the main stage because.
1: I, yeah i have to confess i mean the slight th- worry that i had bringing this up is i haven't been to download for fucking ages so so i can't really turn around and go well it's still like that now definitely 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 <laughs> um but there are undoubtedly festivals out there where that sort of thing does still go on i mean last time i was at reading it was happening the fair bit um mm. and that was only... i don't
0: think blues pills are going to get invited to reading anytime soon
1: well no f- well no fair enough but you know but certainly that that kind of thing is at the very least in recent memory and <coughs> those kind of festivals have obviously it's not the festival's fault themselves, but the people who go to those festivals have you know encouraged that i mean it is the festival's fault as well because the, the, it's the cameraman do you know it's the cameraman why, doing why are
0: you honing in on a girl sat on someone's yeah, shoulders exactly why exactly you, just, you know fucking why yeah, yeah just
1: don't fucking do it um, mm. and and you know, really, someone at the top of those festivals should go actually, we don't want you to do that <laughs> because it's really like it's yeah. a pathetic and I think attitude. I
0: think they have now. I mean, I wasn't yeah. in the crowd waiting for like Def leopard to come on for their headlines slot for half an hour before, so I can't 100% tell you that didn't happen, but I would be pretty fucking stunned if that still happened to download mm. now. Fair enough, fair but enough. I do remember, I mean, even in, I mean, I do remember being with Tom, like, Tom's a fucking great guy and yeah. he wrote a really cool I don't even know what he wrote for now. It was just some blog I can't remember, some little blog um, but he um, he wrote this piece and it was really good and I know he, he put it on Twitter and a load of people got a load of, a load of fucking backlash from Twitter go, whoa it's only a bit of fun and all this sort of shit and it's like fuck off like it's even then in 2013 it was like are you still doing are you, this fucking yeah. 90, 1980s bullshit like it's embarrassing it's just ridiculous anyway I don't know how much that necessarily has got to do with blues pills, but yes, you're right. If it does challenge anyone's preconceptions who need to be challenged, even though it is a fairly straight ahead, uh, not very nuanced message, as opposed to some of the artists that we talk about going, isn't it great to hear that viewpoint put across in such a, you know, such a, um, a compelling, an yep. interesting and unique way. It's not really that. But this, as I said, a perfectly serviceable album from a genre that I have a very limited amount of love for.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I it's not very likely I'll go back to it all that much, but I definitely think it's got its moments. And actually I may well do that thing that I said before of getting the absolute best tracks from all the blues pills records and making my Blues Pills masterpiece. Um mm. which would be actually a pretty fucking kick ass record, I reckon.
0: Yeah there you go um, greatest hits of blues pills as chosen by Renfrey Deadman will be out soon <laughs> but for now um, just put up with Holy Moly their new record which is out we'll now for, um, <laughs> they'll put that on the I post though, they? I didn't mean that <laughs> I'll just
2: put
0: up um, with it yeah well while waiting for your your fucking masterpiece my, mixtape to my come my out Renfrey. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this album actually came out last week we didn't have time to do it last week but we're going to do it now it's from Primitive Man the album's called Immersion it's the third album Full length record from the Denver, Colorado Doom Meisters. Uh, we have spoken on here about Doom a fair bit and kind of ditto to the above, really. I think you and I have both admitted that neither of us are massive fans of it, although there's some of it that I really, really like and some of it that I massively admire. For example, the Vile Creature album uh, that we spoke about. Uh, a few months ago uh, features some of the most surprising and unique turns that i believe i've ever heard in a doom band ever yeah but saying that wish i I still haven't but yes it does (laughs) yeah um i still haven't gone back and listened to it again Mm. but it is really good
1: Mm, mm, mm. well yeah 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 the second half is the second half is yeah
0: i mean in I, what I, and what I would say about this from Primitive Man Immersion, if we're going to go straight into it, mm-hmm. is that I think I prefer this record. I don't think this record is as unique or as challenging or as surprising or as artistically um, brave as the primitive. As the, sorry, the Vile Creature album, but I think Primitive Man do something that I'm probably more likely to go back and listen to, if I'm being completely honest.
1: Well, I think that's because, in my opinion, if you don't mind me saying so, I think that's because the tone and the sheer brutal heaviness that Primitive Man conjure up is very much a bit of you, isn't it?
0: Yes. Now, this is the thing, because Doom, a lot of Doom is very lethargic Mm. and woozy and Mm. fuzzy, Mm. and it's heavy like it can be crushing and it can be heavy, Um, but it's rarely sharp sounding and Mm. discordant and savage, scabrous, if you like. Doom can be powerful, but it's not always wild. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, And this uses pace... In a far more interesting way than a lot of doom bands do, speed it up, slow it right down. There's, a, I, I, I mean, and again, the, the guitar tone to it. Normally, those doom riffs are boom, that like, Broom. whereas this is really wire. Like the guitar tones are almost kind of stabby and wiry Mm. and it means I think if you want a unique selling point I don't know how unique a selling point this is if if you're a doom aficionado you might go no there are plenty of people who do this but the drums are the riffs Mm. on this record aren't they the drummer is playing the riffs the guitar just sort of goes like a fucking black metal band like it's Mm. all fucking (laughs) whereas the drums are like boom but but and it's really yeah that's my impression of primitive man careful um,
1: careful i don't want them to sue us for copyright that
0: that was my impression that wasn't an actual we didn't just throw in a clip of the album there by the way uh that was just my impression of it a, a lot like, of you a lot of like you like might a bloke, have thought that yeah that i'm that like a bit, a bit like that bloke from police academy who can like <laughs> open a door
1: bobcat goldthwaite
0: no, Michael Winslow. Oh Winslow. no,
1: sorry, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait was yeah. the one. Who was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
0: I fight, did a fight. That guy, he supported Nirvana. He supported Nirvana on tour. Oh, God, yeah, Bobcat, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing.
1: Where the fuck is Bobcat Goldthwait that? now?
0: Uh, what? Right this second? As oh, we I don't
1: know. Right this second, but I'm just curious if he's he's standing. still
0: doing stand up? Is he? I watched.
1: He did a. He had a
0: stand-up special out on either Netflix or Amazon a couple of years ago, oh, and I watched right a bit you, of it. And it
2: was, was it's just him very... going,
0: Remember the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That <laughs> 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 used to be... Used to live in the pos- <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was him. Lovely stuff. There's a lot of people who are not going to understand these references, but that's so fine. So Police
0: Academy was a film in the 80s.
1: It was too many films. It was fucking seven films. Seven films. Too many and films. And
0: what we've just done. There was one guy who did loads of noises of like trying to so be eating a burger, or they like and he'd do them eating a burger too loud or something. Could you? Could you? He's hon- really annoying that guy. Could really you honestly
1: recommend the Police Academy series in twenty twenty, Steve? I think
0: Police Academy Two is probably worth. It. <laughs>
1: I've not watched any of the Police Academy films for a long time but I imagine they've dated very badly indeed. Yeah, very, very badly indeed. I would have thought Um, they've dated very badly.
0: Stupid films. Let's not talk about Police Academy too much. Well, I I said not too much. I'm happy to talk about it but only for a... You don't want to talk about it at all. Mental. I don't mind talking Um, about Police Academy. No, 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 no. You've shown your true colours. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, anyway, Immersion
0: by Primitive Man
1: Not as good as Police Academy Let's move on uh,
0: No, I think it's probably far <laughs> yeah, far better, than, far Police better than Police Academy to be <laughs> perfectly honest um, Yeah, I mean, you know, these songs looking at the, the sort of tracklist in here it's a, a, a mixture of sort of nearly eight minute long seven, eight minute long songs and then you've got a couple of five minute ones and a two and a half minute bit in the middle as well, like, you know, so pacing is different there's little sort of that that kind of um the ride crash crash symbol ding, ding 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 like um again bad bad impression but fine um that they that they use really well which kind of it goes a bit grindy it goes a bit like it goes really fucking slow um it's 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 doom but it's taking from all other little bits of extreme music as well which i think is pretty cool i quite Mm. like this
1: hmm strange i agree with some of what you're saying but i actually disagree with other bits uh fine um so yeah certainly in terms of the sort of tone and the 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 i mean this is heavy as fuck right like this sounds like converge played at a tenth of the speed i think um which now if that sounds appealing to you knock yourself out because you'll have a fucking lovely time but to be honest despite my adoration and it really is adoration for converge converge at a tenth of the speed doesn't really sound appealing to me and this is a this is just shy of 36 minutes i would say 30 of those minutes are converge at a tenth of the speed um there is variation you're absolutely right there is some but there ain't anywhere near enough for my money. If you compare this to, say, the concrete record that we did a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, which is another record which stays in a very ex- <laughs> very extreme pocket for almost the same length of time. It's actually it's actually about six minutes short of the concrete record, but they're similar-ish lengths, you know, just over half an hour kind of thing. Um, I think concrete, what I was particularly sorry very different type of music though isn't it really well it's not well concrete's not doom but but yeah. it's certainly extreme um mm. and it, st- it stays in a, it certainly stays in a similar sonic pocket i would say and yeah. but concrete changed itself up enough for me to for, for it to sustain my interest throughout and i cannot say that of this record at all in fact i find it find it lethargically boring um not very long into it there are bits um which <clears throat> I think are great the bits that you were talking about about it kind of like suddenly kicking up a gear and it becomes a bit like grindy and stuff and you're like oh hello you're doing something a bit different um the beginning of menacing for example kicks things up a notch and I get kicked out of my like lazy doom coma but I really do feel like I'm in a coma uh because i bored out of my fucking mind before that bit um and the other thing that's annoying with the menacing stuff is it lasts all of 12 seconds before it goes into doomy doomy doom again um and then it does come back a little bit but then it goes doomy 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 again and i just i mean i do appreciate that i'm coming at this from the point of view of i don't really like doom but um i t- yeah it just it 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 started annoying me this record. As it did went it? on, yeah, and it's not mm. even that long, um, no, and I really—I mean, it's—it's it's, it, as I said, it's thirty-six minutes. It's not very long, and and for me to get as impatient with it as I did, I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, I guess I—I mean, fairly it's impatient. hard work. It is hard work. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah.
0: it's a long thirty-six minutes. But then, if you don't, especially if you don't like doom, but then, but there's, then, but there's plenty mm. of
1: there's plenty of bands with this sonic kind of who push the limits in the way that primitive man do who i do like i mean um you know i don't know well they're, they're certainly not doom bands but certainly in terms of like how heavy they are like full of hell and leeched and daughters and yada 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 you know but they're just doing a lot more interesting stuff to my ears um i think something which kind of summed it up for me there's that really really short two minute track that you briefly mentioned it's just an infinity symbol that's kind of the name of it um it's a waste of fucking time as far as i'm concerned uh Mm. and i and it's it's just noise basically it's just a noise track and it feels like one of those songs where a band is just trying to push the limit the limits for the listener And there's nothing wrong with that we have praised bands like full of hell leeched I mean, leached. we talked about it a fair bit, actually, and Daughters for doing exactly that. But the problem is, is, for me, you have to earn that. And Primitive Man don't earn it for me at all. It's just, it's like the whole, th- most of it sounds really dirgy. And then you get that infinity symbol track, which is dirgy and annoying. And then it just goes back <laughs> to dirgy <laughs> for me. Um no. Don't like no? it.
0: No, Nope. Fair enough.
1: Um, <laughs> but I kind of, but I thought I said, I think we should do it because I thought you might like it. So.
0: <laughs> I do like it. I actually do like it. I mean, mm. it is a long, it is a, it is a long, long, long 36 minutes. Mm. Um, ugh, I mean, it really is like, it is a quite the undertaking. Um, but I think because it's, like I say, it's, it's a different type of typical doom heaviness, discordant, yeah. and it's, it's not a kind of binary sounding record, you know, it's True. not like boom, row, that normal kind of doom. We, we
1: are going to get sued if you keep playing these <laughs> Yeah, tracks. I know. How yeah, yeah.
0: Me? That was, um
1: any I doom, remember,
0: band. A, a doom they all, band they all sound the um same. and uh, yeah and it was uh, but it's not that it is it's like i think it's it's slightly different i mean you the, the fact is, that you've mentioned is, is that different. you've mentioned all the bands you've mentioned Aren't in sort doom. of comparison yeah. you haven't mentioned a single doom band i know i do um, appreciate that yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah so i think for that it's it's quite good Am I gonna to listen to it a lot? I doubt it. I mean, I, I every time I listen to it, I've listened to it about four or five times, but I've had to listen to it in two sittings uh mm-hmm. since the first time I put it on. And by the end, I was like, whoa, mm. it's fucking oppressive. But if you want something which is so, so, so
1: it's impressively
0: oppressive.
1: I will say I will say I I am impressed with the sheer fucking sadistic nastiness. That they conjure up, um, mm. uh, you know, and and th- there are uh, maybe I'm being harsh on this. I don't, I don't know. I know I'm never going to go well, back it, to it.
0: No, you've, you've only got to you've got to say what you feel about it. Yeah, if, you don't, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you're not going to go back to it and you don't enjoy it, and you do go, well, I get my kicks from extremity in, in other in, ways. In I other mean, ways, I think yeah, I yeah, I think yeah, I yeah. probably do as well. And there's not many doom albums that I would listen to, but I think if I was going to, this would be fairly near the top of the tree okay from from certainly from the last couple of years okay i, I mean um, I, yeah
1: and I, and I certainly thought it was worth bringing in because of because of that usp thing that you're talking about regarding mm. you know doom and i love normally... the drums yeah i yeah, really
0: yeah. really love the drummer i think he's
1: great he's i think what great. you said i think what you said about the do the the, the the drums being the riffs is really interesting i have to admit i didn't get that from the record but then maybe that's because i was too far into my coma before actually you know like acknowledging that part i am actually tempted to re-listen to it now and kind of try and view it in that manner and maybe it will click for me but Mm. doom rarely does so i doubt it will uh that makes sense but
0: yeah all right anyway there you go that's immersion by primitive man let's move on to do our last album of the week which we've already spoiled is the best album of the week um (laughs) compromats by the band i like trains you just like them do you You name your band after them and you just like them i think you love them actually i think you love trains you pricks um (laughs) come on um the fourth album uh from the leeds based indie band who i knew nothing about other than the fact that they uh won't admit how much they like trains um <laughs> but after a quick dive i realized they appear to have done a hell of a lot of stuff over their career yeah, this is yeah. the first studio album proper since the shallows in 2012 but they have done a bunch of EPs and yeah. original soundtrack as well um the soundtrack's
1: amazing oh so good for okay so own film
0: yeah. renfrey you told me that this is not really representative of what they usually do so what do they usually do
1: well it's really interesting that you called them an indie band because um yeah um they're one of those bands who kind of change from record to record really um i discovered them through the soundtrack that you're talking about uh which is for a marriage before divorce i think it's called um, a divorce before marriage there we go it was almost there almost just mixed up the words didn't i um which Indeed. is 100 percent full-on a bit of me um instrumental posty rock gloriousness uh really long songs very ambient i love it uh one of those records that i just love working to and it's a lovely 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 time this is not that at all is it um and it's quite interesting that they release that instrumental record because the vocalist of i like trains is such a prominent sort of thing in what they do normally but what do i like pills normally do i like pills <laughs> <Ha>! freudian <laughs> uh, <laughs> i like pills <laughs> I, mean, I like trains Fucking, like <laughs> i'm sorry on. i'm reading my notes and i did <laughs> i just saw blues pills and hence i like pills oh god anyway um it's really difficult to say they change from album to album really they always have a very distinctive characteristic in the um in i mean god uh how does this vocalist sound sort of a a mixture of kind of lou reed maybe with a bit of help me out here steve this
0: album is part throbbing gristle and part oscar wilde
1: oh hello there he is
0: Hmm. i mean industrial post-punk gothicness um was there really any suggestion that I wasn't going to love this? I mean, of course not. It's fucking brilliant. This is exactly the sort of thing that I love. I love how theatrical the guy's voices. You mentioned Lou Reed. I said he kind of flits between Gary Newman, Morrissey, and Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys throughout That's good. the. That's good. Yeah. Throughout the album, um, I knew you'd
1: have better reference points for this than me. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I, I will also say that. Um, Look, I know, I know you liked it a lot more than I did, but after um, our review of Fontaine's DC last week, I was kind of like, I wonder if I can find a better post punk record, and I did very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, long.
0: I, I do like quite a lot of that Fontaine's DC record. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's a good, like a, a good record. I'm not, you know, I think I said at the time, like when it's good, it's really fucking good, and when mm-hmm. it's okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but this is absolutely excellent yeah i like, suppose it's really me. fucking excellent
1: i suppose it's me jumping on my kind of like because i i weirdly uh weirdly i i dislike that fontaine's dc album even more than i did last time because i did try going back to it and I'm, I'm actually now getting frustrated that I, you know, you know, when it, lots and lots of people like something and you're trying to figure out why you don't and you just become frustrated mm. as a result. It just it's beginning to frustrate me now, the Fontaine's DC record. Um, and this was like a breath of fresh air, personally, because mm. I was like, I think this is infinitely superior in pretty much every single way. Um, mm. I would agree with that. And it's just one of those sort of irritating things because I, I was I was on the bus uh, in Peckham the other day um, and uh, I saw a f- poster for Fontaine's DC and I knew they were a big band but I didn't realise they were d- they're due to play Ali Pally next year and it just made me kind of go, it fucks me off that they're playing Ali Pally and I Like Trains. I mean, I did see I Like Trains at the Dome last time I saw them live but... Um, it was part of Portals Festival. Um, right. So, I mean, I don't know what rooms they'd normally play, but smaller than the Dome normally, I think it's safe to say. You know, they were kind of like, I don't know, third down from top or something like that. But, you know, and it just... Well, th-
0: this is a far, far harder listen than the Fontaine's DC album. This has not is got it? any kind of... Of course it is. This has got absolutely no commercial uh, potential at all, really, unless it was like 1984. Free. um and uh, that's not a diss okay. to it saying it sounds old i'm just saying that like you might have been able to sell it. i mean this is a i mean even then i don't think they really had uh, this feels this is a dark um throbbing threatening sexually aggressive outrageous record for the most part i think sounds it like a is BFA. yeah it's super theatrical um uh, I mean, opener "A Steady Hand" is really good, but then the second track "Desire" is a mess. Is fucking incredible, yeah. and it is just—it just sounds all kinds of wrong. Mm. Like in the in the in the best possible way, it is like I say, throbbing gristle and Oscar Wilde. It's super duper theatrical, quite slimy, and it, it, this is a uh, this is obviously meant to be. I think some kind of uh, it, it's like the the old school idea of the future, you know what yes, I mean? It's, yes, it's yes, set yes, yes. it's set in this kind of post apocalyptic, industrial Blade Runner landscape where everybody's brains have been replaced by microchips, mm. um,
1: and yet the lyrical themes are incredibly pertinent to now. Yeah,
0: yeah, Goodness really. Me. I mean, I mean, there's a song that comes straight as a third track. Dig in, I think is fucking great, and it's like like a kind of I, I put the bark market if they were swiss swiss royalty <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so avant-garde and yeah i understand what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah and
0: and also you know i mean i said indie band at the start but, and there is plenty of i mean we obviously spoke about razor last week yeah they just do that that kind of indie thing that was cool at that time with that disco beat so much cooler they make it so much more interesting than i think even those bands did at the time um i mean another brilliant song is the truth uh which again the disco beat massive bass line by the end it goes like some weird super camp full dance remix pet shop boys Mm. thing Mm. Uh, it's it's fucking brilliant proper brilliant
1: it's my favorite song on the album the truth i think it just has i think it says more about this culture of fake news and lies and representing so-called um alternative facts and so on and so forth i just picked out a few lines from it because um and these are completely out of context out of context out of uh um out of order but i just thought the the things that this song says to me it speaks to me so much more than other records of this kind uh not specifically talking about fontaine's dc or am i uh so for example the truth is not what we signed up for the truth is no longer concerned with the facts the truth is not sure how we got here the truth is not sure how we can ever leave the truth is an unnamed source the truth is not available for comment at this time and that whole kind of you know this leisure that we have of the uh the free world uh mr trump and all this sort of thing and even even the politics that are happening and happening over here as well yeah, mm-hmm. This Western idea of politics in that um well there's an alternative to truth now no there fucking isn't it's there's truth and there's falsehood and and it's just sort of pointing out this horrible fucking um rhetoric that these politicians are believing and uh, that these politicians are using and people are fucking believing and it's really fucking scary Uh, but i think it it points it it points it out better than any other record that I can think of, really. And, and it's quite a difficult mm. concept to grasp, but it really grasps it and really chucks it in your face
0: it does yeah and it was well i mean there's the end it ends by going the truth is a cold shower the truth is a liquid lunch the truth is all of the above the truth is i hold all the cards the truth is you will never see me again and i think it says and if you do you wouldn't the truth is even if you did you would never recognize me and it's about not having culpability isn't it yeah yeah, it's really really cool and it really sounds as we read it out quite sloganeering and because of the the very like stark way that that message is put across it's almost kind of scary, you know, like it's you should go well, oh, this is um this is a tough listen, um and they end again on the very politically aware eyes to the left, which again feels very pertinent in the current climate as it says. Quite a fair bit about fearing immigration and just fear in general, but it does it. It's the only time in the album where it does it with this kind of dreamy sounding dreamscape hypnotic quality rather than the very, very deliberate and very, very, um, like I said, stark way that they deliver everything else on the album that you know the truth is a liquid it's done in this quite dreamy quite nice like hypnotic go to sleep don't worry you know it says your insurance policy is no longer valid you did you dream big doesn't the time flow drinking cocktails while watching the world burn and it's like who are your neighbors what are they up to all that kind of stuff on it it's really kind of dreamy and uh but paranoia inducing at the same time it's it's fucking really clever it's a great record this really chrome sounding and futuristic and detached Mm. um yeah that detached
1: there's a coldness to it isn't there It's, it's almost sort of I think this record starts in a very sort of almost Kraftwerkian manner. Kraftwerkian manner, probably yeah. is the way to pronounce it. And um gradually becomes more humanized as it goes on, particularly once you get to a song like New Geography, which is which is the seventh track out of nine, but just becomes it just becomes so <laughs> dare i say post rocky but there are elo- post rocky elements there's certainly very beautiful kind of um, shimmering moments underneath it um which give it this more it just and, and you've got those female vocals on eyes to the left as well um which really bring out a more kind of um uh human human, human quality yeah. i suppose and i, I that is obvious i think that's very much on purpose david martin is the um vocalist and lyricist and i think the manner in which he kind of sort of vaguely becomes very subtly becomes more humanoid as it goes on um it's just really fucking fascinating and a a really like resounding uh call to arms to eradicate this kind of bullshit that we're seeing in you know in these times um and it's yeah it's really really scary but brilliantly brilliantly done um one thing I wanted to mention, it sounds a little bit like it reminds me of like Marky Smith a little bit, that like sardonic mm. kind of the fall kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of these references are things that I don't normally go for. But I just think, again, the quality of this is just so fucking high. Um, and, you know, like a lot of these post-punk records, it did take me a few listens to properly get into it. Um, I said the of idols during the Fontaine's DC review last week. Um, the first time I listened to it, it just felt too stark and too cold for me. But after mm. a few listens, you just go, "Oh my god, no! This is saying something really fucking important." And it's uh, they're a very they're a very fascinating band. I like trains. Yeah, bands, but this album I, is really incredible.
0: I really really love this. I yeah. think it's great, and it it does a kind of old school um, uh, depiction of the of the the future and that kind of um blade runner dystopian future never came about in the way that it was Mm. predicted Mm. but this kind of it it kind of shows that future as Mm. is now almost if you know what i mean i think it's a really clever record because it doesn't try and sound futuristic if you like but it does sort of paint a picture of now using the tools that George Orwell or whoever would have used Mm. to kind of paint it, and it shows it's it's retro future, isn't it? Yeah, retro future. I think. I guess I am. Yeah, kind of retro future. But what it, but but yeah, but it's um, it's that. I think it's a very clever way of going. Even though we predicted that you know your brains would be taken out and replaced by microchips, actually the future that you've been given is just as fucking horrible Mm. and is just as scary as the one that you know looked really scary on the surface it doesn't look it's not a surface level scary future that we're currently existing in it's but it's all the words. shit that that is subtler and and, and worse and yeah, yeah great and record. this record conf- confronts
1: that this record confronts it does. that mm. it confronts the subtleties which actually kind of make it even scarier than the future that we were scared of in the first place yeah, yeah.
0: and and they confront it with a total lack of subtlety themselves yes. But yeah, again, I think idols is a great shout because idols do that thing where people just go, well, he's just shouting slogans. And if you're stupid and you don't really know anything about this music or you you don't want to like idols and you've decided to like not just to go, oh, look, he's just saying that thing in a silly voice, then yeah, you probably will miss the fact that the nuance they're, they they're using a new nu- they're using nuance through okay. bluntness, okay. Um, and you've got to actually kind of pay attention to these what the real the kind of the the allegorical meaning of those blunt statements actually are you've got you can say something but mean something else you know
1: yeah you've got to be capable of actually listening to a record properly of course just, yes <laughs> you know just seeing it on a <laughs> yeah. surface level yeah exactly. yeah I,
0: is... I think there are bands that are definitely saying something out that it sounds like you're just you're saying something very blunt but you, you mean something completely different. Yeah. Um, and th- this does that very well. It's so comfortably awesome. the best record of the week, comfortably. Yeah. Um, that is I Like Trains, Compromat. I mean, I say it's the best. It's the best record that we're reviewing that's coming out this week, but it doesn't mean it's the best record we're talking about this week because we're going to end the show as ever with broken records. Um, maybe it's this, maybe this is the best record that we're going to be speaking about this week. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side. Um, just had a go at I Like Trains for using like rather than love when clearly they <laughs> love trains. Um, going to have a go at Broken Side because I'm not a fan, but I very much doubt the kids do like it. Uh, unless that the, the only... kids are fucking stupid.
1: Is that the only reason you're going to have a go at it, Steve? Because... Uh... <laughs> Come on. Come uh, on released
0: mate. on the 16th of June 2009. This is the debut album from Broken Side. Uh, they'd already been hanging around a fair bit by then, so we should probably go back just to look at their roots a little bit. They were a band that were formed by David Seven, Galegos, and Michael Mickey Shea in 2006. And um, Unusual
1: middle names there, aren't
0: they? I know, yeah. I reckon they're not real names, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, I, ma- I
1: imagine David is. Yeah, I meant the, the, the middle, middle names. name. I I Mickey was being might fa- be. I was being facetious.
0: Uh, he's done it. Um, <laughs> they were actually asked to perform their song, Freaks with three X's on MTV's highly influential Total Request Live in 2008 after blowing up on MySpace and releasing a couple of EPs. A little Um,
1: bit bit of a spoiler. Calling their song Freaks with three X's is probably the cleverest thing this band have ever done in their entire fucking career.
0: Oh, I reckon it's right up there. Yeah, Yeah, for sure it would be up there, definitely. Um, So Broken Side, I guess, were one of the originators of the... um, of the crunk core scene Mm. um now i have to confess renfrey uh a a mix of modern screamo and party pop hip-hop two of my favorite genres um (laughs) was not something which i could find myself getting particularly excited about back Mm. in the late noughties. I think we'd all suffered enough at that point. Shall um, we go so, to the
1: Wikipedia um yes, uh, definition of crunkcore just in case? Because I, I didn't I knew of crunk core, but I couldn't really describe exactly what it was. So just just to uh, read from the wikipedia entry Crunkcore uh, is a musical fusion genre characterized by the combination of cultural and musical elements from crunk screamo pop electronic and dance music the genre often features screened vocals hip-hop beats and in quotation marks sexually provocative lyrics
0: or as i like to call them disgusting Rapey lyrics. Uh yes, I absolutely ignored Crunk I mean, I never had any interest in it at all. I thought stuff like From First to Last and Asking Alexandria and Escape the Fate were just fucking embarrassing. So why the hell am I gonna be interested in a even further watered down nonsense version of it? So yeah. I never just, really uh, embarrassing, bothered embarrassing with it is, before.
1: Embarrassing is the word, just to embarrassing. Uh, like yeah.
0: like Greece. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, um, after their little bit of success and the whole MySpace thing, ah, oh, the MySpace. Do you remember when bands could get big on MySpace? Remember that? It I all do. happened, didn't it? Mm. Mm. What,
1: what what a time for music! Yeah,
0: yeah. When everyone suddenly like, we don't need the magazines and the record labels to push stuff for us. We're going to discover our own great bands like this <laughs> and Job for a Cowboy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually, actually, that's a very astute point. I've never really thought about it like that. But yeah, My, MySpace allowed uh, people to cut out the middleman. i.e. the middleman, saying, "Well, this is good and this is shit, and you shouldn't listen to this." And as a result, Broken Side actually had some traction of some sort for a very short period of time. Um, yes. But yeah, that's w- that's what happens when you discard journalists, music journalists, we're the most important <laughs> people in the world. Thank you very much. It's the
0: hardest job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, the yeah. album came out. Um, oh, so sold...
1: listening to well, actually listening to this record is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Fuck me. it, sorry, it really sorry. is. I'll stop six
0: thousand, six thousand copies it sold on the week of release. Landed at number eighty-six in the Billboard Top Two Hundred, which is fucking mental. Um it did not stop it from getting a critical mauling. From all the records we've done on broken records before, I think this is probably the most savage critical mauling in any of these record any of the records we've done so far yeah. I've got. The enemy gave it one star. I will read the whole review. I'm not prone to hyperbole, so take this as gospel. Even if I caught Prince Harry and Gary Glitter adorned in Nazi regalia, defecating through my grandmother's letterbox i would still consider making them listen to this album too severe a punishment and she's just had new carpets put in broken side a crunk gangster screamo r&b hybrid should be respected and feared in the same way that captain kirk respects and fears the klingons which is why i'm firing intergalactic blue nuclear death straight at their fat fucking faces it's like having an auto-tuned, crack-addled share with a hard-on bearing down on you singing Let's Get Freaky on the plus side. It's quite catchy. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds like some, that.
1: that sounds like something that you could have written until that last line there. Because like, yeah, I, I don't think you Bottled have said that. <laughs> yeah. No, no,
0: that is too good a review. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Punk News gave it half a star, not even a full star, half a star. Uh, It says. Too many stars, I would say. Yeah, too many. I hesitate to use the word bad. Bad Religions Into the Unknown was bad. The Clashes Cut the Crap was bad. Yet behind these misguided endeavours was a noble spirit, earnest musicianship, and at least moments of greatness. Every once in a while, a band comes along that is so bad, so mind-numbingly appalling, such an artistically bankrupt abomination that you are literally embarrassed to be a part of the same species as the Neanderthalic fucking retards that produce this oral vomit. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Broken Side uh sputnik music gave it one star saying far from me to say that people's opinions are wrong but this is an exception broken side are appalling and the only consolation is that in a few months nobody will remember who they are but oh how those long summer months go by um dead press (laughs) gave it one star I reiterate, this is to be avoided at all costs. The five or six times I listened to it rank among the worst moments of my life. If I was listening to it for pleasure, I would probably have killed myself. If you like this or appreciate this in any way, you need to take a good look at yourself and then probably hand yourself over peacefully to your nearest mental hospital. Cracked.com said the song Freaks, the one that they played on MTV, uh, was a song they hate so much they would drown it in a bath if they could. Uh, The comic book writer Warren Ellis, who did the comic book uh, Red, which was turned into a film with Bruce Willis and Helen Mirren, um, called the band a near-perfect snapshot of everything that's shit about this point in culture. Um, I also went on to RateYourMusic.com, and there are about 300 one-star reviews over there. Um, only 300 and it, well I couldn't be bothered to put one on there I'm <laughs> sure most people of the 6000 they sold I'm sure most of the people decided to bury themselves alive but one of them uh really stood out where they called them <laughs> sex offenders registry Corps," which I think is pretty good and yeah uh, yeah I shouldn't laugh the the LA times wrote an article uh, that mentioned them saying this Alba crazy bass band has done for MySpace emo. What some think soldier boy did for hip hop, turn their career into a kind of macro performance art that exists so far beyond the tropes of irony and sincerity that to ask, are they kidding is like trying to peel an onion to get a perceived central core that in the end does not exist and, and renders all attempts to reassemble the pieces futile. That's what the critics thought. Renfrey. Hello. Let me ask you, what did you think of I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by the band Broken Side?
1: Well, I think I think the critics have pretty much more or less uh hit the nail on the head. I mean, I do actually think if any if anything, they've probably been too nice to it um quite sin- sincerely if anything um i mean it is pretty catchy i don't think it's even pretty catchy it's um it, I I, like it is, no. you you are the the out of the two of us you know a lot more about pop uh music generally but um this is awful pop music married to guttural screams uh sometimes which are just absolutely you know this kind of mixing of I'm not even going to call it alternative music because there's no real alternative music in this, is there? It's just awful, awful, awful pop mixed with someone occasionally screaming.
0: And apparently it's not even guttural screams either. Like just well, to pick guttural, up on that. No, I, I mean, right it's actually. not good screaming, is it? It's not like that fucking no support from your diaphragm. Like ar, 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 no.
1: screaming. You're absolutely right. Actually. Um, I don't know if you've already mentioned. Did you mention the Crack.com contributor Michael Swaim comparing them to Slipknot, Slipknot share duet?
0: Yes. Uh, well, no, I didn't actually. But yeah. I mean, he's read that. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. yeah I yeah.
1: mean, I think that's un, I think that's very unfair on Slipknot because there's nothing particularly. Because more
0: like Wigfield meets Crazy Town. Yeah. Well, even not that... even as good as that. <laughs> even
1: that sounds nice, you know. But like, there isn't really any. Sort of alternative music in this. It's just been dressed up in alternative clothing because um that was kind of the perceived cool thing to do at that particular time. I have no idea whatsoever why the likes of a kerrang or a rock sound would have bothered to cover this, and sadly, they did, didn't they? I mean, I don't know if probably
0: because they had about thirty million fucking friends on MySpace it was probably the only reason. Mm.
1: Mm. well well they should have had a bit more fucking uh they should have just uh, no they should because there's there's so many reasons not to cover this i do appreciate we're covering it now but we are covering it in a this is an absolute abomination An abomination Mm. is the word it is devoid of any sort of merit whatsoever i was about to say artistic merit but it's devoid of merit it's just devoid of any merit it's fucking Mm pathetically bad um the sort of pathetically <sighs> shallow sense of humor that would only appeal to toddlers i think and i can forgive a toddler i mean they, well actually <laughs> the toddler wouldn't understand what half of this record is about to be honest but it's the kind of like poo poo wee wee i mean they refer to their their penises as pee-pees uh mm. on this record a surprising amount. Um it's just the kind of thing and the really fucking shitty thing about this is you know that the defense would be like oh stop being so you know you're just being a real prude or you're being a prig or you're just like I don't know it'd be something moronic like that and like just have a sense of humor but there isn't really much humor to be found in I mean I'm just going to read the first verse of sex toys uh, which is, turn around, girlfriend. Now drop it. Let me see you pop and lock it. Put your hands down in my pocket and make my pee pee hard. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Quit talking. I want to see those panties dropping. Drop, dropping, drop, dropping. Drop those fucking panties, girl. She's bringing sexy back. Look at how she shakes that ass. She drops it to the floor. Girl, you're such a dirty whore. Girl, you're such a dirty whore. This was in two thousand and fucking nine you know <laughs> uh, this it wouldn't have been excusable in 1984 it wouldn't i mean it this should not be excusable and this should not like i think it's <laughs> the fact that there would have been publications and magazines giving this co- coverage in a oh you should listen to this sort of way or you should you should check this out kind of thing it's it, mm. it is fucking disgusting it's abhorrent it's absolutely I... disgusting
0: yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I am not that surprised that, you know, a scene that, I mean, I've actually, while you were doing that and, and doing those lyrics, which are horrible, I was like, there was a whole thing where these bands, like not even core bands, but particularly like kind of deathcore and metalcore bands were putting t-shirts with just stuff that you just go, I cannot believe 10 years, even 10 years ago, there's one by a band called The Paramedic. I've never heard of them before. The Paramedic. And the t-shirt just says, bitch, say one more word, I'll rip your fucking throat out. Now, imagine imagine wearing that shit or that fucking famous Asking Alexandria t-shirt, get on your knees. And then on the back, it says like, and suck this bitch or something. I, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember there was you know there was a whole load of really, really horrible, horrible shit that was going on around that time, and I look at Broken Side, who are probably more likely to appeal to kind of younger girls. Well, we'll talk about the sort of the makeup of their audience in a little bit, but I mean, there's a song on it called "Scene Girls," right? Mm. Ah, yeah, you're in need of attention now. Drop that shit like you're in detention which makes me think that he's talking about someone that's at school. Mm. Sit down, girl. Just shut up and sit before I make you suck my girl nothing. OMG, you thought I'd say dick, but I won't say dick until you touch my dick. So get on your knees, girl. Suck it. Um, I don't know if any band that we were going to listen to or any music that we were going to do on this segment could make fucking Louis XIV seem like Bikini Kill but somehow broken side have managed to do it. I mean, you know this because you're on the phone to me when it happened, but bonjour has recently decided to start hunting the little family of mice that live right at the back of my garden. Mm. Right. She brought one in the other day. The next day she brought another one in and it ran under the, like radiator, and it was clinging to the wall. In between, it had one foot on the radiator and one foot against the wall. And we were trying to get it out to like to let it out because we were like, I and mean, she was stalking around like I'm going to fucking eat this rat, right? Horrible, horrible situation. Don't like it. She's badly behaved. She's very naughty. Mm. But this mouse, I've never heard a mouse screaming before. And this mouse was like, yeah, yeah, like mm. for about twenty minutes while we were trying to get it out. Mm. And even that mouse, I think musically is. If that sound was released as an album, it would be better than this Broken Side record. This is horrible. I mean, a horrible, reprehensible attitude to drinking, to drugs, to the opposite sex, to music, to life, just anything. Just anything ever. is It's just the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard. And, I, and the thing is, is, like, we cover stuff on here and even the stuff that we absolutely hate, right? Even something like Storm. Right. Now everyone knows how much I fucking hate storm But I know what people are trying to get out of it. I know what people get out of L Storm. I don't think they're funny yeah. and I don't think power metal's very good. I think it's cheesy and stupid. But some people like cheesy metal and they like big bombastic metal stuff and they like just, you know, sort of college humour. And that's well like or preschool humor in storm's case. But like I get it, right? I understand why you like that. I understand what you're trying to get out of it. I don't really understand why you like it. I understand what you're trying to get out of it, but I don't really understand why you like it. Whereas this, not only do I not understand why you like it, I don't even know what you're meant to like. I don't think I've ever heard music before where I think, I don't understand how anyone could listen to this and go, ah, well, that's the thing that I like. It's the worst type of pop music... Done worse than anyone has ever done pop music. The worst type of shit fucking post scene emo screamo crap done worse than any of those bands have ever done it, melded together in a really shit way. Yeah. I mean, there's a skit on it where he act where he, he calls up his girlfriend to ask if she wants to suck some daddy dick. And he accidentally calls up the wrong person. And he calls up this hilarious Mexican stereotype who just goes, I ain't no faggot, Mm. SA.
1: And you just think, who is this for? Again, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Um, Who is it for? (sighs) Either people who find this funny and if you find this you know i i we i don't think well i'm certainly not a prude as i've proved several times on this show um i don't think you're, yeah, a, prude. you're a dirty get <laughs> no you're not i don't think you're a prude either but you know like we'll we, we'll we'll go to some pretty dark places or pretty like borderline offensive places and stuff like that like we're quite happy to push boundaries but you know i think i think I think that the band would likely use the excuse of like, oh, just take a chill pill or something like that. You know, just just like, calm down. It's just a joke. You but can't
0: handle what you, I'm saying. Yeah,
1: exactly. Fucking All up. that fucking nonsense, which is that just is, pathetic.
0: Yeah, like those hack American comedians who do really shitty, like, sexual abuse or rape jokes and go, mm. oh, you just can't handle my comedy because I'm pushing the... Comedy Comedy's about pushing boundaries. It's like... Mm. You're not pushing anything, though, mate. Mm, mm. You're not pushing anything at all. Yeah. You're just saying something horrible. Yeah. And it's not... Yeah. People aren't offended by it. I mean, people might be... It is kind of offensive, but it's not that people are offended by it. People just think, well, that's just... You know, it's been... I, I said all that shit when I was 12. Yeah, exactly. I fucking grew up. Yeah. I said yeah. it when I was 12, and then I realised that actually... It's not funny. I mean, I've spoken about when I did stand up before and when I was like 25. I kind of deliberately went out of my way to say some unbelievably offensive stuff. And looking back on it, it's like, that's not actually funny. And like, even to give myself a little bit of credit, I was picking, I mean, it's far more offensive than anything that is on this record. Mm. Really, if you're going to be like, I mean, it's not a competition, Mm. but I was like, God, you know, if you are going to try and be offensive, (laughs) do better than just going, schoolgirls should suck my willy like but isn't it also not...
1: isn't it also about targets i mean there's that thing in comedy about um hitting punching up, up. punching yeah. up rather than punching down kind of thing i don't think broken side are capable of punching down because surely they're the absolute lowest of the low aren't they you know yeah nothing um... is below <laughs> broken side yeah exactly but i i the the excuse that oh it's just a joke f- fuck off pathetic absolutely pathetic and then I suppose it's um, the other people who might like this sort of thing, and they're reprehensible people, um, but probably people who would find it ironic. And uh, again, it's it, it's an it's a variation of the it's funny thing, but oh, it's ironic to like this thing. And I ironically listen to this album. And if I think if anyone ironically does anything, there then they're an absolute destitute despicable loathsome repulsive person um just like the members of broken side are um, and i just it it, mm. it upsets me that there were people who put this magazine uh, put this um music on a album. pedestal album put and 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 like they you know rock sound used to cover this band Kerrang used to cover this band and i think that's really embarrassing and sometimes like we've gone in on rock sound quite hard on on, in the past but it's because they used to like really big up this scene and it's really embarrassing it but like they should be fucking embarrassed they should want to pulp every fucking copy of the magazines that was have even vaguely said anything about oh there's a new broken side record you should probably check it out I mean,
0: I think they were usually I mean Kerrang particularly I know we we're, were were not they they covered them, but they covered them in probably the same way as they covered Nickelback when Nickelback first came out, like loads of people like this, but fuck me, it's rubbish, okay, although, um, so the
1: way that we're covering them now so so'cause i because I think I think bringing something up and saying that it's utterly reprehensible, it's fine, but if you're sort of going, oh, maybe you should check this out, yeah, like I mean, I don't
0: know about rock sound, but certainly every time they got mentioned in Kerrang! it was okay. like. The, <laughs> um and i mean and again the you know the irony thing um i mean i don't care if broken side are kind of oh let's make the worst thing ever like oh this is a performance art piece and this is kind of you know, it's irony or that kind of cynical bullshit. I mean, I'm sure maybe, maybe it is all that stuff, but it's just fucking worthless. And it's not irony. And it's not like liking something ironically would mean looking at like The Room by Tommy Wiseau, which we mentioned before, or the D.D. King record, right? Which is an yeah. album, which is right, you know, rubbish, a rubbish, yeah. stupid, silly like record, but it's made w- with an earnest heart. Like it's made complete earnestness yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, you get that and that's like, oh, Bless D.D. King. He fucking loves hip-hop mm. and he wants to be a hip-hop star and he can't be because he's just not very good at it. Mm. But that album, he's put everything that he could put into it and you can't fucking fault someone who does yeah, that. As I, opposed I think... to, mm. as opposed to, it's 2009 and being earnest and liking stuff is gay. So let's not mm. like, oh, Like, fuck off. Mm. You're an absolute piece of shit.
1: Yeah, it's pathetic. I think D.D. King... Uh, attempted to make was making an attempt to make a good album he 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 failed but you know as you say the, the there's a lot of um there's a there's a lot of joy to be had from that record but if if you're and
0: love made from it yeah yeah actual yeah. kind of uh, like pride in your work even if it's rubbish yeah at least, take some sort of pride in the thing that you're trying yeah to well,
1: as you said there's a charm to it whereas if if you know we don't know this for a fact but if broken side is this if this is just one big joke if this is just a steel panther thing but in even poorer taste um then i i there's absolutely no merit in that whatsoever and 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 there's no no, best case scenario as well that's the exactly that's the best case scenario there's no merit in it whatsoever doing it once I'm having a look on um, Spotify here. Spotify don't even have this record uh, mm. on, on there. I mean, thank fuck. I don't really want to add it to the Broken Records playlist because I don't want to give them any money. Um, but I, I, like, normally I'm kind of like, oh, it's only 0.006p. It doesn't matter. No, I don't want them to even receive that, frankly, uh, because this is such a fucking abomination. But Broken Side appear to have one, two five for five five fucking records i mean it's i dare, i can't even how how how
0: well they just won't fuck off will they, no. they just won't
1: fuck off well, i mean Mer-
0: merlin merlin so we know the people who we know the um the pr company that actually represented broken side around this time and i'm glad to say that you know really the uk never really took to this because i was actually chatting um to merlin from metal hammer and merle uh was kind of <laughs> they they were you know they were getting a bit of a push and, and merle went down to see them at the Barfly in london um really? yeah he did uh and he said even at the age of 25 he was by far the oldest person there um and it was less than half full and it was just filled with a load of screaming girls and he said that broken side were fucking terrible completely terrible and that probably worse than that they um i mean he asked me not to go into too much detail because he said i don't want to be misremembered but well what he said is they didn't really tone down their shtick whilst being faced with a room full of well half a room full of uh, of school children, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um so that's pretty gross. And like you say, they are still a band. Releasing an album in 2018. But I have to say, like, imagine being in bro in 2020, being in Broken Side, and you still have to do this shit to about what, 20 people a tour. Yeah. You're in your you're in your early to mid thirties, and this is how you spend your life screaming, get crunk in the club for fucking peanuts cunts Yeah. And I hope they go it I, it makes me hope that there is a hell. Mm-hmm. I'm not a religious man because <laughs> yeah. broken side are going to hell. Oh, yeah. And the absolute I mean if there is a hell, I know that you see it in films and stuff but the real actual definition of what hell would be like. And I'm trying to think of what the absolutely the worst version of hell would look like in reality in a real world where there could be a hell. And I can't think of one where broken side don't deserve everything that real hell would mean—an eternity of the most terrible suffering. I just think that that is surely the least they deserve.
1: I'm anti-death penalty, but listening <laughs> listening to this record makes me go bring back public hangings just for broken side please please bring them back and um i'm a a very very passive guy when it comes to that sort of thing but after after hearing this absolute abomination i just kind of go the world has enough bullshit in it as it is we don't need people like you
0: this is a perfect storm of everything that Broken Records has come to represent. Mm. We have the utterly despicable, morally disgraceful bottom feeding lyrical content. We have the diabolical production, the absolutely diabolical production. We have the endless length that just oh, goes God. on. Have we even on, mentioned that? It's 63 and minutes. It's 63 fucking minutes long. It is endless. We have the bandwagon hopping, like, idea free, sh- ridiculous, like, oh, we just, that's popular, that's what we have to do. We have the complete narcissism to just continue oh. to go on and on and on. uh It is everything that we've ever mentioned bar those sort of you know the lauren hill the the lou reed the bob dylan those ones that we actually think are quite good everything basically from kind of limp biscuits results may vary downward that absolute shit house that usually you look at something like richard ashcroft where you go it's hilarious because he's such an egomaniacal mental person and he doesn't know what he's on about Or you look at the Towers of London and you go, it's so bad because they're just not, they can't write songs and it's terrible. Or you look at Methods of Mayhem and you go, or Louis XIV and go, "Ugh, they're such dirty, pervy, horrible, scabby old fuckers. This is all of that. Mm. Or Six Feet Under where you go, who recorded this? Your fucking, your pet frog. Yeah. Did <laughs> you just throw a frog at the recording machine? <laughs> 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 the recording machine. I mean I sound like I'm an idiot who doesn't know anything about production. <laughs> but like machine. the recording ma- press press play on the recording machine. Uh,
1: I mean, this or you is press, all you of... press record on the recording machine, surely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or Eogen Quig, like the stupid horrible, cynical, money hungry the very worst excesses of the music industry's greediest, nastiest. Parts, this is all of that, yeah, in one album, yeah. Renfrey, do I even need to say where this needs it's to go? One.
1: It's number one, it's number it's one, it's
0: number one, comfortably number one. I cannot, I cannot believe that Uncle Cracker, which was the previous number one albums, like Uncle Cracker's Double Wide, which is a horrible, horrible record methods of mayhem self-titled a horrible despicable record towers of London, s- s- blood sweat and towers just a, a, a vile, vile desperate gross record i cannot believe that those records seem bland by comparison mm. to this yeah, fucking they do, they? piece of shit this unbearable piece of shit
1: an utter abomination which just should be completely and utterly eradicated from history, time, space. It's fucking terrible. And I think, I, I think, you know, I would
0: we... headbutt broken sides, nan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> Oh, sorry for broken sides now um no this is reprehensible fucking nonsense and there is no excuse for it and it isn't funny and if you think this is funny you are probably as despicable and loathsome as they are um and you also need to grow the fuck up if you think this is funny as well
0: yeah fucking grow up broken side if you are listening um just uh, just slowly lower yourself into a wood chipper
1: We don't just want you to kill yourselves. We want it to be painful as well.
0: Really painful. And probably stop around the waist so that you live. (laughs) Put your arms in as well. And then just get someone to sort of throw you in the snow.
1: Because we're not provocative at all, are (laughs) we?
0: I just hate them so much. I just think they just come across as, again, it's not even like, bad music is bad music and, you know, bad Mm. music can be bad. Razor Light, he's a dickhead. Johnny Burrell's yeah. a dickhead. You know, these... Oh, are, like, Razor Fred Light, Razor light, are for,
1: Razor light are forgiven everything. Oh my God, do you after remember after you talk this? about the
0: noughties? Yeah. The noughties, and you go, oh, that shitty indie stuff, yeah. like the kooks. Fucking, you know, I'm going to go and put the kooks on after this. Yeah. I'm going to dancing around. Oh, yeah. I love her because... She goes, what a fucking banger this is. Like, after listening to Broken Side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely uh, awful awful yeah. you know when you meet people who go oh, i don't really like music and you go what that's mental you don't yeah. like me what are you talking about of course you like music i finally have understood people who go i don't like music because <laughs> if this is music then i don't want anything to do with it
1: well quite yeah yeah yeah
0: i'm gonna pick another so broken side i mean i i i i cannot ever imagine how is something going to beat that
1: can i also say i mean i do appreciate Mate,
0: if if the fucking if world war Two was an album it would still be <laughs> number two <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs>
1: Can I just say, if I, I mean, I understand that people might want to listen to this as a, as a, you know, because they're like, oh, my God, how awful could that be? If you're going to, could you uh, try and pirate it at least or at least listen to it on YouTube where they will get the absolute minimum amount of money? I have to say, whilst I said that sentence, Steve's head is in his hands once again, which happened last time when you picked out Broken Side. So what the fuck have you picked out this time?
0: Renfrey, I cannot believe <laughs> I cannot believe what I have just picked out to the point where, for the first time ever, I'm considering putting it back. I am actually it's considering putting not it back. The first
1: time you've considered putting it back, but go no, no, on. no.
0: But but genuinely considering actually actually putting it back because only because for one we've had Razor Light, which seemed, and then this, and then I thought, God, Crunk Core. At least we'll never have to talk about Crunk Core oh, again. No. And then out comes. Blood on the Dance Floor. Oh,
1: you're fucking
0: kidding. Who are basically another one of these bands. So we're gonna be doing all this again next week if we have to do this. I'm gonna I'm putting this back. I'm not doing Blood on the Dance Floor next week. I'm sorry. I I'm if you're listening going boo, boo to this kind of behaviour, I get it, alright? I get it. But trust me, you don't have to listen to this and there there's no, nothing anything out i just don't want to listen to this type of thing again and blood on the dance floor are, are sort of related do we have to do another one of those scene bands what, what do you think because i've got another one in my hand right now and i know it's really shit but people the, please understand how difficult it is this segment has been hell over the last few weeks
1: the other thing the only thing i would say oh god it's i'm just having a quick look on their wikipedia and there's some not nice things to talk about with that band at all yeah exactly um <sighs> The only thing I'd say is get it out of the way. I mean, if you put it back, we're going to have to come back to it eventually, aren't we?
0: (laughs) I know, I just... Okay, well I picked it out, and uh, fine, we'll keep it. So, oh god, this is the worst. This is this is. It can't be much. It can't. I mean, the next one I picked, I just picked out Lannis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill" live acoustic, oh. which is be which would have been the one. I mean, oh, imagine that feels like the most beautiful thing to have oh. ever happened.
1: Yes, so we please. could have had that. So we yeah. could have had that. Yeah, uh, no, but, but no, we uh, we brought it on ourselves. I mean, you brought it on. It was, this was your idea, this feature, yeah. and and I actually. I didn't want to say this, but whilst listening to this broken side record, I did have a bit of resentment and hatred for you just for coming up with the idea for this feature. I
0: i, I hate it. I, I mean, I know people like us talking about it and putting it together, but good God! Anyway, next week. I mean, that was as I was putting my hand in, I was going, "Oh, I don't have to listen to that again for a long time." Phew. <laughs> and I was like, as long as I don't pick out blood on the dance floor, and what I picked have out we blood.
1: Done? What? What God is spiting us? What the? fuck have we done
0: i mean i gotta say limp biscuit results may vary razor light broken side blood on the dance floor in a month there's there's some stuff in there that i think is really worth talking about and it just will not come out i think someone's gone through it and gone nope we'll take out the clash and juran Duran probably bonjour um, <laughs> bet
1: it's fucking <laughs> yeah. bonjour
0: swapped it with, there is a dead mouse in there so hopefully we'll pull that out soon and that probably still would be better than putting that on a turntable and just putting your record your needle on it and trying to listen to a a dead mouse would be definitely better
1: to be clear you don't mean the band the the dj dead mouse no i don't mean the
0: band dead mouse quite like dead mouse anyway next week we're going to be doing bad blood by blood on the dance floor fun and reviewing the new album from paris or povris as i always call them yes so yes
1: hilarious. yes because you're very very funny funny.
0: i don't feel funny at the moment no. i do I feel funny i yeah. feel very upset yeah. i'm just je- this is the most upset i've ever been at the end of the podcast yeah so i'm
1: yeah yeah same i don't
0: think we deserve this I don't know what we've done
1: no i don't know what we've fucking done i'm really anyway, like i just let's go don't ever want to listen yeah. to music ever again so sorry about that everyone <laughs> But yeah, we're quitting our jobs because of fucking broken sides. One absolute travesty.
0: Mm. All right. Anyway, see you next <laughs> week, everyone. We'll have cheered up by. We, we started in a really good mood, didn't we? We we'll have like cheered that. up. I like we'll trains. Is brilliant. Go and
1: listen to. I like yeah, trains. go and, and listen
0: to the new record. I Like Trains record. It's fucking yeah. excellent. Next week, um, oh, I'd say Paris have an album out. I think hopefully we'll get the Blocks album, next which is week. coming out as well. Next week
1: we've got clit drip, we'll we got fucking Click Drip, which will. And we have got Click Drip as well. And narrow yeah. it.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, and narrowhead as well. So there's some good stuff out next week. Uh spoiler. Anyway, thanks very much guys. Thanks for listening. And uh this feature has to has It has to go. To go.
1: It? it has to go. <laughs> fuck it. Hate it. And See fuck you later. me too.